We need some sweet vermouth next time. Because I can make a mezcal Manhattan, um, regular Manhattans, old fashions. Y'all are getting all the fancy drinks? Well, well, we don't have the sweet vermouth, but I'm just drinking straight mezcal. So it's like burning my tongue. Hilarious. Still, that's... uh, that sound that sounds fun. Well, you know, I like I like my drinks. I like to I don't want a smooth drink, Gabe. You know what I mean? I want to like it's like it's like a workout. My drink should be like a little bit like a workout. I got the, I uh, very much understand. I got <laughs> the Sexton single make. The Sexton nice. Sexton single make. Sexton and the monkey shoulders. Monkey shoulders. Oh. I've heard the monkey shoulders one a few and times. Mix them together. I, no, I'm just No, I was like you did it. <laughs> No, seriously, this stuff is pretty good. I actually like this monkey's shoulder stuff. It's pretty good. Mm. I've had a bunch of people I, recommend oh, it. And then, of course, yeah, a what, pumpkin shipyard. It just fit in there, though, bro. <laughs> like, this podcast was brought to you by Pumpkin Shipyard. No, I'm just kidding. It really wasn't, though. If only. <laughs> Watch us get sued. Oh, know, right. <laughs> oh, let's not. Oh, God. <laughs> that nightmare. We love Shipyard. <laughs> there it is. We just told All right. We did. So how you guys doing? Good, Cody. How are you? It's been a crazy week. Um, so last week, we, well, not last week, but last well, last week since the, episode, yeah. since the upload oh, wow. last week, we actually, Gabe and I had a friend that called me out of the blue about suicide. Wow. As in like this person, I won't, for anonymous purposes, uh, this person was suicidal. Wow. And so we're getting this person some help. What we have... Um, I've got a friend over at my church that um, basically is just going to help out in a big way because my friend uh, has gone through a lot as well. Wow. So, wow. And it's, dude, it's it's just so weird that that came. I haven't talked to this person in, geez, probably eight years. Yeah. Is that right? Wow. That's what's so nuts she, about she it. she watch the podcast or? She didn't watch the podcast, <clears throat> but she, um, yeah, just, it was just crazy timing because yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have some kind of big movement for suicide. Right. right yeah. You know, it's not like I have people calling <laughs> right, me about that. Right. No. Like, but it just, it was crazy. So I'm in the middle of working and all of a sudden I get the call from this person and now she's just like crying. I'm trying to remember who she was for a second because it's literally been eight years. Wow. And then all of a sudden, and, wow. um, and the other crazy thing is that her number showed up as one of my other friends phone numbers. So I answered the phone because of that. Wow. So if, if she had a number that I didn't know, yeah. then I, I probably never would have answered the phone. Wow. I would have thought that it was like a robo killer caller because I get totally. like mm-hmm. so many of those. Mm-hmm. But it was it was one of my other friends. And I'm like, oh, it's that person. So I answered the phone being funny. Turns out it wasn't her. She just wow. happened to have her phone number, her old phone number, which is insane, you know. Yep. And so anyways, she corrects me, tells me who she is. And I'm just like, holy crap, I haven't seen you in literally like eight years. And. Yeah, and then she's bawling her eyes out, and uh, dude, I'll save you the whole long conversation, but overall, she was ready to kill herself. Actually, she claims that she's been trying to kill herself for years, but has not been successful with it. And I don't know, so anyways, my first, the first thing that came to my mind was obviously I want to call Gabe, because Gabe obviously can be more relatable Mm -hmm. with her than I could, because I've never experienced suicide. And Gabe so beautifully went through a whole bunch of great questions, Mm -hmm. talked with you know, with her about some beautiful, beautiful things. And, um, so yeah, so I got a friend who this person also, she's, you know, she struggles with alcoholism and that's just kind of been her painkiller, if you will. 
Of course. And yeah. so my it friend, so I, well, so I call up my church and the person who answers the phone at my church says that she struggled with, or she's been sober six years. Wow. And so, and I'm just like, that's, you know, so I'm like, well, that's perfect. I mean, cause that's, and so, and then she's like, well, I want to sponsor this girl. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I'm wow. like, oh, that's amazing. So that's, that's perfect. So that's what's happening. I think is we're going to actually, <laughs> I'm going to connect those two together and awesome. Um, she's going to go through the motion stuff, man. So I want to chime in to kind of go right off of what you just said. Um, and I know we just talked a lot about suicide in the last one. So I just want to touch on it. Um, I wrote, I started writing, um, we talk about source and Christianity a little on this podcast. Um, some of you guys listening may know I used to be Christian. Um, I kind of stepped away from that and I talk a lot about source. So, but like for me, I was told by source a year ago that I need to start writing every day. And when the day that um, our friend called and then Cody called me with suicide, that was a really hard day for me to write about. Um, as you can imagine, just because my own personal journey with that. Mm. And can I read you guys what I wrote? I haven't posted this Dude, anywhere yeah. yet. I plan yes, on it. Please um, read it. And I, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Um, and th- this became very, very real to me. It was really, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, Recently, a friend called me and said she was suicidal. We spent an hour on the phone. We talked about the abuse that she had gone through, how her friends and family pretended like nothing happened, exactly how she planned to commit suicide. All of this brought me back to when I was contemplating suicide myself. Like her, I had gone through the intense abuse that lasted years. Like her, I didn't have friends and family I could talk to about it. And like her, I had planned out exactly how I was going to take my life. Honestly, this was a really difficult conversation for me. But afterwards, I realized something. Often, we contemplate suicide not because we want to die, but because we want something to change. Our circumstances, our emotions, our thoughts, our behaviors, others' behaviors, the pain. We feel alone, abandoned. Our life seems to be a never-ending cycle of hopelessness, helplessness, and despair. And no matter how much we try, we can't seem to escape it. So in other words, the goal isn't death. The goal isn't suicide. The goal is change. The suicide seems to be the only option that provides a guaranteed change. We don't feel like we can take um, another step. Unlike therapy, exercise, or accountability groups, suicide guarantees an immediate change. If I commit suicide, I won't be in pain. I won't feel alone. I won't be in this situation anymore. Now, the point of this post isn't simple; is simply to recognize that we can't help someone through suicide until we recognize that suicide isn't an outcome as much as it, or suicide isn't as outcome as much as a means to an outcome. If you want to help someone who's suicidal, don't tell them don't commit suicide. Show them how they can achieve that outcome differently. Hmm. Wow. Sounds like a powerful day for you, man. It's a very powerful day. A lot of eye opening, uh, a lot of demons to face that day. Um, Mm. I'll say that a lot of of like kind of trigger those old emotions or kind of um, resurface a lot of those feelings. Exactly. A lot of resurface Um, things that I hadn't thought through, hadn't thought about memories that like I hadn't thought about in years. And like we've all had these situations, right. right? Something comes up and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. That's what was going through my head. That's what I was feeling in that moment. That conversation that I had with this girl, that absolutely changed 
uh, it brought back so much of these things that I had totally forgot. Um, and it gave me a lot more empathy um, mm. in the situation, but then also was very hard to be like, okay, yeah, like to admit to like, it, it's almost, it felt like to admit a weakness um, mm. and just to say like, okay, yeah, this is where I was. There was a point in my life where this is exactly how I felt. Um, and I felt like I couldn't move forward or do it on my own. And no matter what I tried, nothing was helping. It, it was almost like this weakness that I had been trying to run from for years got put back in my face, mm. um, which was not pleasant at mm. all and really a lot to work through. It's a very wow. long day. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy though, Gabe. Right. That's wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Deep, deep stuff and that stuff resurfaces and you're, you've kind of like moved past it and then it reemerges in your life. And it, it's kind of like what we talked about last week where those old brain networks and patterns are still kind of operative. Um, they're probably muted, right, on some level, but they, they resurface and get energized and probably pulls you right back in. Right. Um, it's intense, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, how about you, Matt? How, how's your week been? Week. Week's been uh, busy. Um Works good. Uh, clients are good. Did a lot of work on the book this week. I finished my first draft and um, I started listening to. Um, uh, so the next step is like finding a literary agent. And so I, I did a lot of work with like what literary agents look for and like what are their red flags when I look at a book. Mm, yeah. And so they're, they're pretty, um, pretty well, I mean, they're trying to like, they got to make sure this book's not a liability. Right, right. So it really was challenging because I had this idea that, and so I was listening to literary critics and I was like, or the um, agents and I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much work left to do in the second draft. It's going to be a lot of retooling, a lot of... Um, but the first draft is so... First draft is good. So yeah. important. And I'll be yeah. able to kind of like piece stuff together. How many words are in this book? Uh, I think this right now it's like 135,000 <laughs> words. It's, I don't know if that's 400 pages. But I mean, the the critics were good because, I mean, the agents were good because it really is going to help me refine the story. And I'm glad I did it. I, I maybe, maybe out there for anybody who's going to write. Um, I don't know what, what, you know, maybe listen to some how the agents look initially. I'm not sure that's a great idea because like you're, you're, you're writing in your creative process and it's like, maybe that's the best step. Just get it out there and Mm. then, and then refine it. So on the one hand, I was disappointed because I was like, Oh dear God, I have so much more work to do. But on the other hand, I was like, um, you know, I'm up for the challenge and, and I want to, I want to get the book out there. So, um, it's going to be a very awesome intellectual challenge and I'm, 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 I'm I'm totally up for it. It's just going to be, it's going to be work, you know. Question. Awesome. Making that jump from uh, this is going to be a lot of work, this and feeling overwhelmed to no, actually, this is going to be a challenge and I'm up for that challenge. What was that process like for you? Uh, the, you know, it's kind of like what we talked a little bit about uh, last week was like, um, why, why am I writing the book, right? Like, so what's my why? What, what you know, so you're, you're up against, you know, writing. I had a client say to me, and, and I, I never got it initially because, because, the writing process for me is like pretty energizing and mysterious and kind of like it's purple. I mean, it's a very purple process for me. Mm-hmm. It's mysterious and off. Um, and so uh, he, th- this this client of mine would say, you know, he, he always had ideas to write and he, he talked about how lonely writing would be. And I thought, you know, what do you know? It's not. And 
because uh, to me it was like so interesting. And and as as I finished up the book, and then ah, you get that going, and then you start to interface with the liter- the agents, and you see the amount of work that needs to be done, and it's like all in your head, mm. and it is incredibly lonely. It's a lonely yeah. process. So like you're like okay. I'm, I have a reality in my head that nobody else has in my head, right? Like it's, I'm, I'm trying to process it. So, um, it felt lonely, Gabe. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be a lonely thing. Um, uh, it's like a, and then I was like back to my why, like what these agents are really telling me is, um, how to refine it. And if you want to get it out there, you need to listen to, you know, it's back to like having radical humility and being like, okay, um, I want to get the book out there. It's a passion of mine. So it's like, um, all right, it's, 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 you know, I will listen to whatever they say and I will, you know, trust my intuition and then, uh, retool it. So yeah, um, it was a pretty quick process. Um, it took about a day of like thinking like, oh my God, it's going to be so much work. But then I was like, all right, well I'm in and I have a lot of incentives. I have a lot of things I want, Gabe. (laughs) I have a lot of things I really want in life and I, and I really want to be able to leverage my knowledge. I want to be able to leverage a book. I have a lot of things, uh, very ambitious and I really want, um, and you're welcome to go with us, Gabe. We got a trip, Cody and I've got a trip to Scotland. We got a trip to Iceland, right? Scotland, oh, Iceland. Well, yeah. no, we, we need to be rich first, but like, um, <laughs> need to be rich so, I, so, so, you know, one of the, one of the big things is just like, we why, just what, you know, time. I want, um, I want to, I want a lot of things and, and to do that, I have to leverage. And, and, and the idea is meeting needs. I mean, when you're writing something like this, what you're trying to do is meet needs. So it's like, it all worked together. So I was like, okay, I'm in. So it was a pretty quick process. And, um, um, now it's going to be just retooling. So Mm. I'm in. Oh yeah. Matt, you had some really interesting ideas talking about yeah, so for this particular week. And I so left like, you guys like 10 messages. Like, just, yeah. So just as, like, as the viewers, just so the viewers understand, we have all this, we have this three-way thread going on and uh, we just send a bunch of audio messages. Mm-hmm. And Pretty this much, week, yeah. Matt sent us about an hour's long worth of audio yeah. clips for us to listen to. Yeah. And I'm really jacked up and excited about it. Well, I was like, uh, that's kind of my, I can't, I can't help. I can't really contribute with the, help, the, the tech. So I'm like, I can contribute on that level. So, yeah, I was doing a cardio and I was like in like 8,000 steps and like, and you know how flow states happen and all of a sudden everything was coming to, coming oh, dude, to so me. Good. And so the idea was like kind of your like, your audio clips was my podcast for the day. Well, <laughs> it was perfect. It was pretty, pretty jacked up. It was great. <laughs> but, but the idea was like, um, you know, we talked last, last week about like men's mental health and like, um, kind of the darker side of like, um, I think of it like a coin. So we looked at one side of the coin last week, which was maybe the, all right, let, let, let's, let's take this issue very seriously. But then I was thinking as I was doing my cardio, I was like, uh, what's the, what's the other side of that coin, which is, uh, how to emerge from that situation. And then, and then how do you transition from, you know, maybe getting help or awareness. And then <clears throat> I said to you guys, like, um, uh, how, how do we become monsters? And, meaning in, in the, like the athletic sense. And, and yep. how do we become, men who are, um, crushing it, who are, uh, having uh, dominion over our, our <laughs> spheres of influence. And by dominion, I don't mean that this patriarchal thing or necessary. I'm just saying like, um, the, the end game of getting better is not, I mean, we all want to get better, but it's like, we want to then emerge from that situation and 
really start making some progress in, in different areas of, of our life. So that's the other side of the coin. So that was my idea like today, like we could talk about that part, that process. Like, all right, we get help. We, we, we've identified these issues that are a little on the darker side. And then here's something on the lighter side. Like how do we now um, emerge from that situation and uh, become monsters? Mm. Um, monsters isn't like such a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it could be that. misinterpreted. I, you know, um, no, I think it's brilliant, but Thanks. it's like, um, yeah. So, so that was my, my kind of idea. And like, and I, and I, and I thought a lot about the last podcast and I talked a lot about the cathedrals and the Gothic buildings and, and like, uh, I, I want to just pick up on that. Like I didn't emphasize that much is about like going into the building and seeing the light. Mm. So there's just like, there's this twofold thing. Like the, the cathedrals are dark and Gothic and the demons are there and the angels and you know, these gargoyles are there. But the, the positive side is when you go into these churches, it's, it's beaming with light. It's the purples and the reds and the, um, to give us a sense of sanctuary, to give us a sense of, of, uh, hope and, and grace and peace and, and, uh, encouragement to move forward. Mm. So I think that, you know, for me, that idea of the cathedral, again, it's like we get the dark side. We talked about the dark side last time, the outside of that church. And now like, I kind of thought let's go in the inside and let's, let's explore the light a little bit. Yeah, I want to bring this back like deeper into how because I, I think there's some really solid value in the last podcast being okay if you're suicidal if you're at that point here mm. steps you can take to get better here's some help ways you can approach this here's some questions you can ask here's the mentality mm. you can have and now it's like okay if you're not how do you press forward how do you become yeah. Yeah. the alpha the fucking best right <laughs> like how do exactly. you move forward and own yourself and your dominion that's the question and to answer that i actually have a very personal um journey that i went on over this last like year and a half in order to do that specifically andy uh v i don't remember his last name um he started the program 75 hard which i'm about to go on a rant on um but andy v josh um not josh uh, Jordan Peterson is a, yeah. he saved my life at one point. Mm, wow. Um, absolutely changed my entire perspective. Um, yeah, but I want to talk about this journey on, okay, what are the steps you can do to move better, to go better? Are you guys down for that? Uh, let's do it. Andy for Sila. Mm. I'm looking I don't know why 70- I said Andy V. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. F not V. That's the yeah, one. <laughs> let's, let's hear about it, Gabe. Let's tell us, yeah. tell us about so, your uh, experience. Um, last year, as a lot of uh, people who listen probably don't know, um, I, hmm. a couple years ago, I was in a really toxic relationship. Um, she was great. We were terrible um, together, brought out the absolute worst in each other. When we broke up, I like spiraled um, health-wise. I was literally laying, like sitting on the couch on like a lazy boy recliner, eating cookie dough out of a tub. I'm talking those massive, literally yeah, go, sitting man. on my way left. to go. Yeah. No. From a spoon. I did it for a month. I ate cookie dough and pizza and laid on a couch for a month. I'm not one to spiral. Like Cody, you've known me decades. I'm not one to spiral. I spiraled hardcore. (laughs) That's real hard. And I think that's a pretty common, like like, that's a pretty common thing, right? Like just like, just like it's, it's a form of like self, self soothing. Yeah. You just want to take the edge off the emotions and just just like, yeah. Food is such a good, like such a common avenue for that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. And so I went deep into the food and ended up weighing over 200 pounds. Um, I've never weighed over 200 pounds in my life. I did at that moment. 
Um, and something clicked for me like, okay, this is absolutely unacceptable. Um, and so, but from that, I didn't have the tools and I didn't have the motivation to make the change. I knew this was unacceptable. I didn't have like, how do you actually move forward from this other than like obsessing working out? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I didn't, there was some disconnect that I didn't have. Um, fast forward to July and I find out about Andrew, Andy, uh, Frischella and his program 75 hard something in it i don't know something in it just sparked something in me and i think it's because his program is designed not to help you lose weight it's designed to help develop mental toughness Ooh, um, i like that yeah yeah that's and so his program for those who aren't familiar um for you guys his program is two 45 minute workouts every single day um one of them has to be outside no matter what's the weather no alcohol um pick any diet doesn't matter what it is pick a diet and stick with it zero cheat meals zero cheat meals at all and um physically read 10 pages a day that's the you do that's that for great. 75 days no <clears throat> cheating his whole thing is if you question whether or not that's cheating then it's cheating that's his mm. role um so it's all about can you stick with your own standards that's yeah. the entire program um and you do there's like a time on and time off phase i end up doing um it ends up being about six months out of, out of the year um and i did that for from july to july six months um it was like a month on a month, basically a month on a month off is what it ends up being six months out of the last 12. I lost over to, um, 20 pounds, completely wow. rechanged my body, um, wow. put on a lot of muscle. <laughs> I come, but more than that, and the, it gets into like cold showers and meditations yeah. and in, there's like yeah. interacting. And like one of them yeah. is you spend 30 days and you have to talk to another human, be kind to another human every single day. That's one of his things. Um, hmm. I incorporated and yeah, there's like so many cool things about it all again, not about developing your physical side, but developing the mental toughness. And to me, I think this is the piece that a lot of guys are missing. Um, and a yeah, lot of guys spend years, they spend all their time in the gym trying to work that out. And that's incredible. There's so many benefits, hmm. but once you've worked through, or at least addressed your emotional issue, it's time hmm. to develop the mental you can develop the physical but it's also time to develop that mental mm. toughness. so you're actually separating the emotional from the mental is that what you're I, saying so i am only in how you work on them not in the results necessary i don't think i would separate them in the results they provide i separate them on how you develop like how you work through your emotions and how you develop mental toughness i would separate well, that well and it's interesting too i'm looking at the book um you know, 75 hard will show you how to 100x the following traits in your life. So you got mental toughness, yeah. mental fortitude, confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, uh, self-belief, and then grit. Would and not so, agree more. Yeah. So you're dealing with, <laughs> he's, he's not saying, you know, in this kind of marketing blurb, they're not like, get a six pack, you know, get the ladies, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're just being like, so, uh, which I think is a great, like, honestly, a great distinction about how, how things are marketed. I mean, they're, they're saying like, you know, the internals, your, your mental toughness, your mental fortitude, confidence, which is exactly where, where in my little, my little rant when I was doing my cardio <laughs> was thinking like, yeah. like, it's not just like, it's about like transformation of the spirit, right? It's transformation of, uh, like Gabe, you mentioned source, like connecting to source. Um, and it's about a transformation of the, the of the <clears throat> inner being where you go from like darkness to light and like, we need help. We have core traumas. We have our shadow self. We have this, this darkness, you know, and, you know, we're only, we're skipping like, okay, you get well, we've, this is our second podcast. Well, that's a big, that's a big step. But, <laughs> but in the end, like this is, this is the, this is exactly Gabe, what I was thinking about, like the internal, um, the internal game is changed 
when when the spirit shifts over into a, like yeah. a different world. Reminds me yeah. of like a David David Goggins. Yeah, kind of feel it's very almost, similar. You know. Yeah. So so I Gabe, love what? and hate the guy, but it's very similar. Yeah. So David Gabe, Goggins so, or the other yeah. guy. David you don't Goggins. like David Goggins? I Dude, love and most hate Marines him. don't seem to like David Goggins, and I think and you know what the funny thing is is I feel like I, mean, I think Marines gonna hate me for saying this, but I feel like it's because they're like guys. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's you can't argue with his results no. but yeah. but you know but like whatever i don't know anything about that stuff so i'm so sorry Gabe, anybody Gabe, what was your like like could you distill your biggest takeaway from that from from the book um i can accomplish like, any fucking thing i set my mind to nice that i love that 100 yeah. percent without question if and i so, say so, i will so, do it i will there's okay, an and so how long how long did that take there. so you know, you, you came from this like place of like, you know, you're like kind of making out with Ben and Jerry's and Pizza Hut. It's like you're you're on the couch, up. Oh, right? And you're just like fresh like, out of a relationship. Like, oh yeah, fuck this. I'm eating ice swollen. cream. Yeah. yeah, fuck you all. <laughs> uh, so at some point, oh, at some point, Gabe, like, right? You pick this book up, right? So yep. so you know, his, I'm, I'm picturing the story. Like I've got you in a Rocky movie right now. Like, Love it. Yeah. This, it starts out with you on the couch and you're covered with pizza and cookie dough. Cookie yeah, dough. Nasty. Oh, it's right? so nasty. So, yeah. So, so you get the book, right? And I imagine you're like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. How, how long did it take before you were like, um, like you had a sense internally that the game was changing? Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. like, how long did that take? Um, so that initial sense. I had, when I was reading, they have like a sales page where I heard about it from some other entrepreneur friends and they were doing it and they had been like five days in and I was like, oh, this, I'm always intrigued. Let's, I'll read on it. Read the sales page and it was not about losing weight. Just like you pointed out, it wasn't about, yeah, yeah. Um, get. it was all about develop your mental toughness, your mental fortitude, that confidence. And in that moment, I remembered growing up, I used to be this wildly disciplined kid. I used to be so I had ever, I was like, you know what? Like I literally um, uh, probably shouldn't tell that story. Um, that's fine. No, there are, you tell. <laughs> I think you should just tell yeah. it. I think you should just tell that story right now. There, I'm is, there is a lot that I have done in my life where it's my, in my mind, especially as a kid. Intriguing. And then I've gotten more into it. It's mind over matter. Um, I will for I have personally tortured myself in order to force myself to um just deal with it mind over matter um and so for me as a kid that was like just my world i was like yeah this is normal um i lost a lot and like i was an extreme um come nowadays like the last five years or so five ten years i've lost a lot of that and i lost the extreme edge which is great but i went to the opposite spectrum where i was like this super soft chubby boy um just like man child it was really chubby sad boy. no it was really sad you weren't that chubby gabe you weren't chat you weren't chubby. say that i, no, I would never that, entitle but, you you know chubby. but he was he was on the couch eating ben and jerry's well, that's, that's true with with cookie dough that's a dirty <laughs> that's a dirty right. ball oh, that's, that's, so dirty. that's a dirty ball dude oh man. it's such an image um it's unfortunate Jeez, i should give it your phone number if but, any but, of you guys but, are but you know like you think about like what was happening like um, mm-hmm. you're probably down like you know testosterone drops off a little bit like everything's just wonky spiral yeah yeah and blood yeah. sugar just through the roof like, no. actually as a matter of fact i have a clip right now that i'd like to share with everybody um so yeah. here it is uh this is what gabe looked like uh take a look you bastard you're gonna make me do this in post <laughs> i hate you for this <laughs> what are you doing oh, by myself. 
<laughs> oh, that's gonna happen. Cheers. Well played. That's so good. Very well played. Oh, that bro. was good. Bro, so, you, so, so sorry, as you just man. saw that, um, <laughs> to kind of answer your question, Matt, and I apologize to the viewers who had to just see that. Um, to answer your question, Matt, it the first week or two um, was actually was incredibly easy, right? You're on the high of starting something new. Um, it wasn't. Did you have until, support from a bunch of people, or were you just no. like 100 oh, wow. so like, lone wolf it? Wow. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do this. I was like, let's go for it. And so first couple of weeks, easy. By week three, so the first programs you do 75 days straight. The diet that I picked was zero artificial sugar. So I'm talking no peanut butter, no bread, no um, nothing that's sugar-free because it has that's the sugar artemis. That's fucking hard. <laughs> that's to go fun. from literally eating like I was having ice cream three or four nights a week before when heard, that. When I heard to... no peanut butter, my heart hurt just a little bit. <laughs> that's the, so I always I, bring I, it up because I have a, that I one have a little bit of so issue. much. I have a yeah, 75 issue cardiac butter. arrest. All right. <laughs> I'm when I gave I'm up peanut, peanut butter, butter, that was a hard choice, man. Um, oh, but I yeah. did 75 days, you know, two workouts a day, um, no artificial sugar. First mm -hmm. couple of weeks, I was like, okay, I can do this. Week three, I was like, ah, oh, hmm. damn, I just want some <laughs> fucking pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't go back. It was yeah, literally I want to go Walmart. back to the couch. Yeah, yeah. Where's my couch? Yeah, yeah. Literally. It was like, it was so, it was about, but that was the point at week three where they said, okay, this is, and literally in the book, they say, this is where people make or break it. If you make it through week three, you have what it takes and you have no excuses to go further. If you don't make it through week three, you were never meant to finish. And that stuck. Ooh. Yeah, Going no. Back to they the don't, couch, motherfucker. They don't <laughs> pull punches. Back to the couch. Jeez, no yeah, kidding. they don't pull punches. It was like, honestly, if you can't go three weeks, what's wrong in your life? Like, yeah. give yeah. the list of everything that's wrong. If you can't go three weeks with one thing that you said you would do. And that hurt. And that hit. And I said, okay, fine. Um, made it through three weeks. And then it just became a matter of saying, I refuse to give myself an excuse. I refuse to give myself an excuse. I said, I will do this. It sucks. There's days where I'd get up at five, wouldn't get back home till midnight and still have to do my 45 minute workout at midnight. Wow, and I'm like, dude. this fucking sucks. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> dude, like... I fucking love this. I fucking love this. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. It was, dude, it so was awesome. one of the most intense, most difficult things I've ever done. Actually, the most intense was, so how they have it is you do 75 days, then you take 30 days off. Then you do 30 days, and you can pretty much do 30 days on, 30 days off. And their goal is to get you to develop the habits so you can continue to do these habits even when you're not forced to do it because you're on the program, right? So then the last 30, so it started July 22nd. So June 22nd, you're supposed to time it so you don't do your final, it's phase three. You Wait, don't can you pause? Can you pause? Totally, totally. Remember when we, you and I had a nice, like some coffee at Starbucks and a talk? Remember yes. that? Yes. Were I you do. were you in the couch phase then? Um, it was just before the couch okay. phase. Actually. Oh, you were before the couch phase. I was okay. just before the couch All right. phase. All right. So yeah. continue your story. Sorry, I was just cool. kind of like trying to get some perspective. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> I was no, totally. <laughs> because we Matt's talked. Matt's no. formulating something. No, I. Well, I... I... <laughs> no, I know I am. A conversation. No, but because because Gabe works. and I had this. We had this. 
pretty yeah. sick conversation. Yeah, it was but an I, incredible I hour conversation. That was incredible. And th- yeah, and I think you were talking about like the breakup. Actually, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I uh, we were talking about. I actually have a clip about <laughs> you guys at Starbucks. <laughs> so everybody, uh, <laughs> here, take a look. <laughs> I don't so, even know uh, how I'm gonna find one like that. Okay, <laughs> this, this so, is gonna be some creative editing here. So, okay, yeah, so this okay. is great. One, one of the. <laughs> all right. I, I keep going. I don't want to interrupt because I have I have a question that's burning in my heart right now. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, this one to this last part is, is super important. So um, we how they play it out is I started June, July 22nd. That was the mm-hmm. day I started. You're, you go through 75 hard, then you have phase one, phase two, and then phase three. Phase three, you start. It's 30 days. You start it. 30 days before you started the 75 hard, the boot camp. So wow. I started 75 hard on July 22nd. Phase three, I would start on June 22nd or whatever, you know, because I don't know how many days are in the month. So whatever, 30 days before, we'll say June 22nd. Um, and the reason they do it is they say, if you miss one day, you start all over. You start the year. Back to the couch. No, literally, you start the year over. If Holy you make it shit. one year. Yeah. No, yeah. Really? No I'm way. Dead serious. It's and this is why punishment. I love the program. It's ultimate punishment. It wow. is. It's amazing. The, anyways, the phase three, you start 30 days before the last journey or the when you started. And because if you miss one day, you go 29 days. Right. Day 30, beginning. you don't. Oh, and you have to take a progress picture every day. Day 30, <sighs> if you don't take that progress picture on day 30, one year phase three day 30 then you lost the entire year and you start all over again you're not a what they call a live hard graduate <laughs> wow. you laugh uh, no, I, oh, no dude, I love you better it. be I, on I, top I, of your your shit you i love have it has to be oh, wow i love yeah. it. yeah i started phase two i went three days in and then got um sick was like throwing up and stuff so i went for another day throwing up and then was like okay no i'm done cut it um cut my losses and then that was the only time i had to start over thankfully wow um, Wow. But I made it a full year and that last month was the absolute hardest. The first month was it or that was the first 75 days was incredibly difficult. The last 30 was the biggest struggle because I mm-hmm. knew everything was on the line. There was no room. If I messed up, entire year's work was done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I get two questions burning, burning in my heart. <laughs> so Gabe, um, you know, you know, presumably people are kind of you know, they heard your story last week, right? And um, you went through some really hard stuff, and um, you, you know, you you kind of like almost like self um, cared or self treated yourself on some level. You did a lot of that work, and then um, had and after that, you have this like heart wrenching breakup, which <clears throat> obviously sends you to the couch. Use that as a metaphor, right? It was, it was awful. I like and it. now I, I actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I then here you are, process. and then here you are now. Yeah. You've emerged. You've done this program. Um, any words of encouragement, maybe for people who are kind of in the couch phase, or or maybe even before the couch phase, in that kind of really dark, dark place? Um, you know, because you've you've made it. You've made a you've made a one eighty, right? So like, mm-hmm. how? Um, what what are some words words of encouragement for for people who are like in that couch phase? Don't start big. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I don't start big. Um, that's what I would say. It took me for, to go from the couch phase to when I started 75 hard. I was in the couch phase in September. I didn't start couch. 75 hard till July. Yeah. Um, wow. It took me like whatever that is, eight months 
um, before that, I could. That should be make, our first teacher. That's going to be our first t-shirt couch phase. Get out of the couch, couch phase. phase. Honestly, anyway, that, that's a really no, genius. Good one. Absolutely. Genius. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Game, sorry. If yeah. you guys like that comment couch phase below. Couch phase. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Hashtag I couch phase. Don't, don't push yourself hard. A lot of people, when you start that spiral, um, and I, I say this specifically to men and I say this specifically to men who you'll also be judging yourself. I think this is a natural uh, <clears throat> wow, characteristic yeah. for us. We tend to judge ourselves um, for the grieving and for the hurt and the pain that we feel and for and how we're shame, responding like to shame it. And like, There's tons yeah. of shame. Um, yeah. I contrary to what you may have thought i wouldn't say get the fuck out of it i would say don't start too strong or don't try to conquer the world when you're in couch phase don't try to become yeah. elon musk tomorrow in your couch phase if the best you can do is 10 percent, don't give five wow. give 10 yeah that alone yeah. identifying okay here's the best i can do do that and then the other thing would be do little <laughs> things each day like little if there's things. a little thing you can do. So kind um, of like incremental, incremental improvement. Start, yeah. start slow, start. Exactly. Um, I, I, if I can just interject, I do have Please. another question. Um, is the, um, one of my influences, and we'll probably get to that later, is, is Jung and Peterson. And, and Jung uh, talked about, you know, in, in, in his concept of um, literary criticism, like every hero, every hero has to have a descent. There's no hero story without a descent first. Mm. You don't have any comic book hero. You don't have any hero. Any, they always have this descent. They always come from a place of, of trauma. Like every hero, we talked about Daredevil and our archetypes, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, my, this yeah, guy, yeah. we talked about Daredevil, and it's like the kid's blinded by some toxic chemical and gives him this always a descent. The hero always has a descent. So I think I would just like want to piggyback on what you're saying, like from maybe for a literary standpoint, but, but also from a very practical standpoint is, um, the descent is a precondition for the ascent. And you see that in Christianity too. Christ has the descent. Um, and th it's more than a literary structure. It is a, uh, it's a reality. It's a literary structure because it's a reality. The descent, um, sometimes is a necessary part of the ascent and mm. to go to the next level. And, um, you know, that would be something I would say is like, if you're in that, and I've been in my own versions of that descent or couch phase, however you want to phrase it, but it's, it's a phase that sometimes is necessary for deep and radical transformation. Um, cause that darkness, that, that self-hatred, that shame, um, it's dangerous, right? It's very dangerous, but it's also is the, the matrix and can be the foundation for like incredible transformation. If like what you're saying, Gabe, if you can like have incremental progress and you don't like view yourself in like black and white thinking and you've got to take it slow. So I just wanted to kind of throw that on there from a, I'd like to hear, um, mm -hmm. three, um, of the biggest consequences in your life kind of post or mid 75 hard going from the couch phase to like this, you know, descent phase to like ascent phase. Like what, what are three takeaways that maybe encourage people like, um, how did your life change? Um, what were some things that were really deep and like um, lasting? Three of them. Okay. Yeah, hundred um, percent. One of them is oh, the confidence. Oh, well, wow. actually, okay. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say the confidence, both physical and mental. So, um, I have uh, always struggled with my um, body image. I always thought I was super fat and like. I, I've always been um, 
I, I yeah, I always thought I was very chubby. I always would like hide and it, it was very I was very insecure about that. Um this was the first time in my life as a consequence, confidence wise, first time in my life that I because you know, no artificial sugar for seventy five fucking days, plus two workouts a day, and then six months of this on and off, right? Wow. Um your body changes radically. So yeah, you show me my... the pictures. The pictures are incredible. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And so much of my mental energy um, that used to be wasted on insecurity, that used to be wasted on, oh, wow. this is how wow. I look. Oh, I have to, oh, I feel weird right now. Oh, I hope someone's not looking for me. Oh, my God, look at that man's bicep. Shit, look at mine. Yeah. Damn it. I bet these people are looking at them and not me. Like so all of these insecurities, right, that I spent mm. so much of my mental focus on, gone. It's not that they were gone, but they my mental focus was no longer there. Um, wow. Yeah. Because so, because you you looked in the mirror and you're like, damn. Yeah. I was like, know, oh man, pretty damn first good. time in my life, I look good. First time in my life, wow. I actually like how I look. So um, so that had a profound effect on your mental health. So like, I mean, I think this is a great thing to kind of like just kind of maybe slow down on, like yeah. the 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 power of a physical transformation on your mental health. Because I mean, sometimes people think about. And this is exactly where I thought about, you know, doing my, my little cardio thing. It was like, um, what's the low-hanging fruit? I mean, because a lot of people are, like, depressed and struggling. And, like, okay, well, I'll go to a psychiatrist and, you know, get on my antidepressants and all, whatever. Fine. Go for it. <laughs> but, like, on the other side of it is, like, read 75 hard, change your body, and you're going to feel mm -hmm. fucking amazing. And you're going to have – and, you know, these are, these are low-hanging fruit things people can really do to have a yeah. massive transformation. Totally. And so – you're saying like the physical transformation just really had a mental health transformation. Huge. Absolutely huge. I would say that's the first one. Um, and th there's so many people that um, actually I went to. So I, I think I told you guys I've, every time when I go to the gym, um, I'm in the sauna and I'm talking about or I'm talking with other dudes and I'll either be like in my own world meditating or I'll have a conversation. One of the questions Jeez. I love to ask is why do you work out? Um, why do you push yourself? Why do you come here? And so often the answer I get is one, either they've lost like 80 pounds. I had this one guy who lost 120 pounds over the last year. Blew my mind. Um, he's yeah. And then, or they do it because it's, this is their therapy. Mm. Um, and the confidence that you can come when you end up losing that kind, any kind of weight is huge. And, um, I think it's something a lot of guys no, don't really talk about. Um, we talk about wanting to be stronger. We don't talk about the confidence or the byproduct of that. One of the byproducts mm. of that, this is a really cool one. My girlfriend, my girlfriend. Dude, that's, what is, I was, that's what I was hoping to get to. Yeah. I, oh, I no. Oh, my God. Three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100 percent. So um, she is incredible. This is the. I am going to risk it and say this. Um, bring it. Bring it. This is the first time and i hope other i'm sure other guys can relate to this this is the first time i have been in a relationship with someone that i am like incredibly attracted to she is wildly attractive to me like so sexy um first time <laughs> in my life totally Bro. changes my perspective i gotta i gotta say imani's amazing you have to meet her i, I, I can't believe you haven't her. met imani yet i, I have not when did Dude, you I think we're going to be coming up to Colorado. Well, March. I went to Colorado with Danielle and thanks for inviting me, asshole. <laughs> well, just listen, no, I'm I mean, you and your wife. Sorry. I mean, it was really I was just, a it, selfish. Was, <laughs> it was, it was, I'm sure Danielle would love There's that. a whole backstory Why to that. We're going to leave. In the okay. So the reality is, is read that my books. Imani's awesome. <laughs> I hope that Imani hears us talking about her and realizes that we think she's awesome. And that's what she's it comes awesome. down to. Yeah. Yeah. 
she's awesome. She did listen to the last episode. Uh, but when her and I first got um, together, first time uh, we sat down in a coffee shop and we're talking, I asked her, who inspires you? And she said, I do. I inspire wait, me. Wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, straight yeah. up. I fucking clap. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Cody's yeah. watching me clap. <laughs> yeah. So one dude, of these times I'm going to have her awesome. uh, be a guest on here because I think she would add a lot of value too. Um, I love that. She's yeah. great. I got some ideas too. Yeah. Anyway. She's actually a phenomenal artist. I bought a piece from her. Wow. And it's I'm going to put it in one of my Airbnbs called the Al- – I'm sorry. This is super rabbit trail. But <laughs> no, like, I don't I'm think gonna, it is actually. No, <clears throat> like, I've got, I, I see the connection. I'm going to put it in one of my Airbnbs. We're calling it the Alice Room, and it's going to be yeah. Alice in Wonderland themed. Yeah. And Amani's piece is going to sit in there because it's perfect. So, it's this beautiful picture so of this. The, yeah, anyways. No, go ahead. No, I, Actually, I'm, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to show a picture of it. This is what the picture is right here of Amani. <laughs> of um, this Amani – she, she drew this thing. It's amazing. So painted this, this thing. It's beautiful. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, yeah. like back to my medieval, like gothic church, like, and you go in and there's fucking light. Yeah, this is the yeah. light I'm talking about. Yo, this the, is the, so yeah. this is what I'm talking about. All yeah, the, yeah. all the juicy goodness, all the, all the cream filling, all the good stuff that's coming from that because you, Gabe did this transformation. You, you, you had efficacy over your life. You, you, you did the hard work and you, you developed this confidence and now, dude's got a very attractive um, young woman, and you guys have this vibe, and she's an artist, and Cody meets her, and the art's going to be in there. Like, how fucking cool is that? So yeah. cool. How fucking awesome is that? And, and if Gabe didn't, maybe if you hadn't done this program, Gabe, maybe you wouldn't have had the confidence. Maybe you wouldn't have the physicality. Your life would be different. Oh, totally. Um, Oh, totally. You'd I would be, not be You'd here. be 275 pounds. You'd be sitting on the couch, still eating the no, cookie dough. That's called Straight four up. stage. I wonder mm-hmm. if you guys can relate to this. Um, this was the first time in my life I've been with someone. And I, it's, I'm fine. I guess I'm fine saying it because I'm about to say it. First time in my life I've been with someone. And the thought is this person is not only incredibly intelligent, incredibly sexy incredibly emotionally in tune and sensitive um very in the feminine and also can translate and sway into the masculine as needed has this really nice fluidity and wholeness um has done the work on herself wow she could have anyone she wants and yet she chose me she's with you yeah um both it brings a ton of confidence and security at the same time do you guys relate to this I, 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 I relate to it uh, absolutely, but I think it's just encouragement. Like this is what's possible. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. last time you, you went through some periods of abuse, you had a beyond suicidal ideation. You were like in a very dark place, right? And you kind of mm-hmm. hit that it's relationship. Uh, you hit this descent phase, couch phase, 75 heart. And dude, like and now you're in this beautiful relationship you guys have this amazing vibe and um, it all comes from like living in the light and, and, and your work that you did. I think that's just really encouraging. Cause I think a lot of, I think a lot of men are struggling. They're lonely. They're, yeah. they're really in a place of darkness and it's like, you don't know um, how fast your life can change. Well, bro. Yeah. And right now it's so hard to be a man right now. Yeah. Like there's so like, I feel like there's been this hyphen, like women, you know, like, you know, the whole me too thing after that thing came out, which I think is great, by the way, I think that that whole initial concept is beautiful because people are speaking out, 
but we got men who have been sexually assaulted. Gabe, you're one of those people. You know, and these guys don't want to talk about that shit. They don't want to talk about the things that have happened to them because it's just not a manly quote unquote thing to say. It's just, I think it's important to note that Gabe felt this incredible sense of confidence. And then, which is I, such a rarity well, that you I think did the that. The thing is, like, like I, I, I'll go into this. I won't really go into this, but like, uh, my, my opinions, taken for what they're worth, is like the role of the feminine on the masculine. And like to have that in your life as a, as a, as you, as you walk this journey and embrace this masculine energy, you change, um, and, and now you have this, you've attracted this amazing person in your life. Like how fucking awesome is that? Yeah. Honestly. How fucking yeah, it really awesome is, is it? Like, know, it's, it's, it's just so fucking encouraging. I, that's what I have with my wife. Yeah. You know, that's what Gabe's got with Imani. Yeah. It makes sense. That's what Matt is coming. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm you not got at it liberty. Right now. I'm not, I don't know if I'm liberty to say what my situation is. I will but. say this Fair. though. I will say this as far as Matt goes, his two daughters are some of the most amazing people in this world. Thanks, man. Appreciate no, I'm that. serious. Yeah, and that's you. a reflection of the beauty that Matt has brought to Thanks, them, brother. to their yeah. lives. And so for me, to me, that that's that's just as equally valuable and true. Yeah, thank you, man. You know? It means a lot. Uh, this idea of excellence, this idea of like kicking ass, and this idea of like having... Um, high levels of achievement. So maybe I can open up a world where if somebody is interested in a line for that to open up and to, and to, to live in that and to be able to, to align with who they are underneath that presence, that masculine presence. Um, Mm. That's a huge, it's just a huge motivator. It's, it's a biological motivator for men to like um, fucking be a monster. Cause, cause, cause women, I mean, let's, we're going here. Women are a big part of that dynamic for us, men. Um, Oh dude, there's nothing more and beautiful and wonderful in this world yeah. to pursue, to perform for, to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> dude, I want to come home oh, here we go. and I okay. just want to, I want to <laughs> come home and I want, I want my wife hey, to be like, you're the monkey shoulder man, dude. can like, fuck you, up a podcast. You are the like guy <laughs> who's like taking care of me. You've been making all the money. You've been doing everything. Like you take care of the girls. I have two girls. You know, like you, you are making sure that the house is taken care of. I mean, there's so many things. Like the provision concept is so necessary for men. We desire as men to be the kind of guys that go out and just take care of our women. Like we do. Like I do. I know you do. I know Gabe does. Like we just, we just want. It's not that. Like if Danielle, my wife, she wants to go out and like. Like she works her ass off. She does. She doesn't, she does a really good job, you know, doing that. But in the end, I want to win so hard for my wife, you know, like that's what I want to do. Like for me, that's just, I want to come home and I want her to be like, you know, like I'm stoked about your excellence. It's, 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 um, uh, ascending dominance hierarchies. It is like becoming excellent. It's like part of the dynamic that like brings life to a man. But when you're, when you're in couch phase, you're like, I'm, and this is what I, I'm going back to that because who are we speaking to? Like we're speaking, hopefully encourage one person. We encourage this podcast gets one person out of couch phase. It's we've won. Yeah. Right. And so do we totally want to, and I just that. want go to go back to that. If you're in couch phase, like <laughs> we're getting hashtag couch, couch phase. phase. <laughs> that's our first t-shirt. It's like, it's like, I want everybody to hashtag you know, couch Gabe phase went from right couch now. phase yeah. to this. And I've seen the pictures of Gabe and it, and it is, his young lady for, for Halloween. 
and she's beautiful and Gabe looked amazing. Gabe's smiling and muscles are flexing and <laughs> it's just like strong. Right. Man. Well, no, if we if we if we put that in a movie, you go from cult phase to that, it's fucking rocky. Yeah. It's yeah. it's what Jung would say. You have the descent and then you have the ascent. And 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 you know, let's 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 promote this book, 75 Hard, was something that really helped Gabe kind of like ascend a dominance hierarchy. Well, it snapped you out of it ultimately, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, because well, I, I know that it's experience not what snapped like, me out of it necessarily, but it's what it's what changed me because from being in couch phase, um, that was in like September. I hashtag didn't start seven. Yeah, I love I love how that's just become the phrase now. It is. Um, I totally making a shirt. It's going to say plan Z on the front and couch phase on the back. Perfect. <laughs> um, I didn't start 74 <laughs> part until July. So it was months later. I actually had a really deep transformation um that was about a month so i said i did cookie dough and couch for a month i was not joking it was <laughs> um, dough and couch, yeah. yeah it was rough i was it was early september and then early october i flew out and i'll make this story really quick i flew out um had uh out to utah met up with a whole bunch of um entrepreneurs there at like a random meetup that i got invited to and um had a really really mystical experience um was act it, it changed my life um and i while having this was your chocolate little chocolates involved in that game um, <laughs> there was 90 milligrams of little chocolates involved 90 in milligrams i didn't wow. know what that meant when i ate 90 milligrams we're going full out chocolates. joe rogan now we're going full i was full out joe rogan. i almost <laughs> joe jumped rogan. up no, literally, I almost jumped out of the third story window um, down to a concrete. Like, th this was a really Dude, weird Dude, no way. Time. Wow, this just got so dark. Um, it, This wasn't meant to be dark. That was just like, I didn't, because I didn't. I just, I took so much. Um, <laughs> I took so, my life has a whole bunch of random stories. I took a lot, and because I took a lot, I didn't realize it. I was, world was glitching out. Anyways. Hashtag, I took a lot. That's the I next t-shirt. That's the next t-shirt. <laughs> Hashtag, I took a lot. <laughs> after couch phase no literally um and this was like coming off of having like all of that sugar i go out here um and i'm laying in bed and i had um I, there were three realizations and i'll share one of them here and one of them was you from laying on bed world is spinning and all of a sudden this connection with source opens up and it says mm. you need to stop self-pitying or you will never get out and it was this image of this literally this toilet and just the water Damn, spinning down what? this toilet no literally and it was like you Fuck. will never get out of this if you don't stop now and to tie this Hashtag, back in you're a piece of shit you're no literally it was it was literally source saying you're a piece of shit and it, it is what I needed to get out. So to tie this into like one of the, how we ended the last podcast where you need enough leverage. Sometimes that's your kids. Sometimes that's someone else. If it's not you, that same thing happened here. I needed enough leverage. And that leverage was me, was source changing my perspective of the love situation. It. Instead of me this. looking yeah. at it and saying, I am in couch phase. It was change the perspective to say, if you stay here, you will not get out. Yeah nothing will light a fire under your ass faster than that and then even from that point it still took um like seven months before i could even get to a place where well, i, I think, think that's starting 75 hard. well i think that's really like i think jung would like appreciate that the descent phase um doesn't have to be a week long coach phase the descent phase can take uh the descent phase can take some time i mean so if you're in couch phase now uh which so we have the broader concept of the descent 
and in the descent we have couch phase um it can last some time yeah um and but you you can come out of couch phase you can get great body you can develop confidence and like and back to what we talked about this dynamic you can attract a a nice young lady you can attract a beautiful woman and you can have this engagement you can have this dynamic basically your life can fucking change so Um, fast so fast so fast wow Mm -hmm. i love it gabe you really don't know how fast your life can change let me word it this way to go from one, we've, we talked about all these different phases, right? You have the couch phase, the descent, you have the ascent, you have the different things that'll happen afterwards and how incredible life can be and you don't know what happens. The way you transition from one phase to another, in my experience, correct me if I'm wrong, in my experience, the way to transition from one phase to another is by either developing enough leverage to finally make that change or reframing the meaning of what it means to either be in that phase or what the next phase is so yeah. that the meaning becomes essentially produces that leverage. Yeah. Is that your experience as well? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's true. And I, the other thing that comes to my head is um, back to Jung is this, the confrontation with the shadow and how the, the shadow self, these parts that we kind of identified last week, these dark parts that maybe these unidentified parts of our, our psychology, our, our subconscious, they're operative in our life and they just kind of lock us down and young and um jung and uh, peterson talked about the, the the confrontation with the shadow in the descent because that's essentially what it is you're confronting the darkest fucking parts of who you are they just literally want to say no it's ice cream and pizza mm-hmm. fuck the world let the world burn <clears throat> yeah. as long as i have this i'm i'm good yeah. um that's some dark stuff so um yeah that is kind of my experience is like um, conf- confronting who you are and confronting the darker stuff, bringing it to light. Like yeah. let let that stuff let that stuff come to the surface. Maybe you need counseling. Maybe you need whatever you need. Well, there's know. a lot of shame in bringing that stuff to the light. Totally, dude. When when you have you know when you have a lot of crap in your life, that is really embarrassing for you to expose to the public. Going to counseling is not like oh yeah, just go to counseling. You know, like just going and talking to a friend is not like, oh yeah, let's just go talk to a friend. I'm locking in on you now. Yeah. But, but ultimately what it comes down to is, is that you do need to make that step. So that is the most important step. That is more important than 75 hard at the moment because you cannot get to 75 hard until you do that. I think. Okay. Can you define shame? Your, your existential definition of shame. What let's, let's talk definition. So you, you kind of live your whole life where it's just like, this is how you're supposed to live your life. You know, someone has kind of sets that precedent for you initially. It could be your parents, you know, friends, culture, whatever it is. But somebody sets that precedent for you. This is how you're supposed to live your life morally. This is how you're supposed to live spiritually. This is how you're supposed to live your life. You know, whatever. <clears throat> you know, job, whatever. And you just keep on screwing up. Like, you're just like, oh, you're just like, I can't quite hit that mark of being that person that society is telling me that I'm supposed to be or that my spirituality is supposed to telling me that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be or that my, and so it's just, you really just, you don't understand the concept of grace because grace is not really president. Mm. Um, there's no, there's no presence with grace at all. Mm. Like there's just the opposite, which I think is truly shame. I think ultimately like you just. So you define shame as like missing the mark. 
not living up to yeah. cultural expectations. Yeah. Like you're supposed to hit 10 and you hit five. Right. You're so supposed you, to hit right. 10, you hit nine. And you're so, supposed to hit 10, you hit one. Okay. So, you know, like it's just, and then it's just like this constant failure, 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 which yeah. I believe failure is part of the recipe for success. However, if you don't understand that it's part of the recipe for success, you're never going to experience success. You've defined shame. Now tell us about the, how does it manifest in, in the psyche? So somebody feels shame, fuck this sucks. Oh, you spiral. You go, so, you so go to couch mode. To, yeah. And then from couch mode, you go to dark. dark. Like, it, it, like couch mode, from what I understand is, is, you, have, you know, like yeah. that's, that's a, that's, a not a good place to be because it gets you over 200 pounds metaphorically and Hashtag literally coach mode. You're not a good place to be, <laughs> but, Hashtag coach mode. but like if you, <clears throat> if you continue your life in couch mode, eventually it will, it will go beyond couch mode. It will go homeless mode. Mm-hmm. You know, it will like, you won't own a couch. You'll be on the streets, literally metaphorically, you'll be totally homeless. And I mean, spiritually destroyed, like emotionally destroyed, physically destroyed. So, and it all in the end just leads to death. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what it feels like. So for me personally, it's like I've never gone to homeless mode, but I will say I feel like I've gone beyond couch mode. But it sounds like to me when you've encountered shame, you've defined shame, not miss, kind of missing the mark. And you then, feel like a horrible person. And you just I feel mean, like a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, that's absolute Gabe's transcendental experience. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> sorry, Gabe. <laughs> that's so, accurate. <laughs> so, so what it sounds like for you, like in that mode, there's a state where you're, um, we, I know you and I have talked a little bit about this, but like you're, you're catastrophizing all the implications. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look like shit. I'm going to be poor. My kids are going to be destitute. My wife's going to marry. Oh, you think man. about, okay. Like, so like just, for just me, it's just like, over over th- like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, there's no way I could be relative to the next man mm-hmm. or the next woman. Mm-hmm. But if you were to think about the one thing that you would absolutely never want to experience in your entire mm-hmm. life. Okay. Like think about that one thing. It could be maybe lose, like you lose your family. It could be, maybe you go to prison. It could be, maybe you have no, like you become such an addict that you literally are homeless. Like it could be like, you think about all these, what you say is catastrophes living in that space, Mm. you know, getting to a point where it's like, okay, it's one thing to be couch mode. It's another thing to be like, now I'm living in a hypothetical catastrophe. Okay. And and that's the key word is hypothetical catastrophe because, but it's also like, if, but you're living in it, it could happen. Right? And it could happen, yeah. but that's why you're living in it is because yeah. it's not like something that's completely unrealistic. It's possible because you know that it's possible. You've seen people deal with that shit. You've also, you know, it's, it's not impossible for you to be addicted to something. You can be, and you maybe are addicted right. to something, right. you know, and it could lead you to a point where you're like, oh, my relationship now is getting destroyed. <clears throat> like for me, it's like I was, I lived in this life. And I've talked with you about this a lot, but I lived in this life where I was afraid of losing my wife, afraid of losing my kids, being the outcast of my family. Um, you know, I, there's situations that I've been so like afraid that it would even put me, you know, it, it put, it put me into like being completely outcast by every human being in my entire life. Because, in your mind. In your mind. Yeah. In my yeah. mind, I'm making up all these scenarios, yeah. you know, we like, talk a lot about, yeah, that. it's yeah. just like, and it's, it's this hypochondriac concept or this hypochondriac mentality where it's just like, you're it's just fear, right? You're, you're fearing everything, you know, and fear like, mode. Yeah. But you're, but, but it all, if you dig deeper, it all comes back to the image that you want to have for society. Yeah. Like, you know, and that to me, yeah ironically is another problem, you know, yeah. that needs to be taken care of so, because that's not the answer. The answer is not to be the best person you can be 
in an image for society, the best the best thing is for you to just be all right, honest, yeah. open, grace giving. So, so we've got we've got Gabe's story of like transformation, like seventy five hard, fucking great story. So you mentioned another word, grace, right? Like so There's something I know. So so tell us a little bit about your your story. Like you've got you've got shame, right? You've defined it. You've showed us how it manifests in the psyche where you're just like like it's like a spider web of like you see all the implications, right? And I could lose this, I could lose this, I could lose this, I could lose this. Being stuck in that. And then you use another word, which is grace. So can you define what you, when you use the word grace, what do you what do you mean by that word? You know, there's this element that um in in the Christian faith, and I, I don't want to lose people, like hear me out for a second. Like Dude, this is your there's story. this element that I've looked through so many religions. I've looked through so many different, you know, concepts of, mm-hmm. of living the best moral life you can possibly live, living the best human life you can possibly live for the whole world. And it's just like, in the end, it's like, because I believe and I, I'm, I would say I'm certain that everybody has skeletons in their closet to some degree. If you do not have some sense of forgiveness, some sense of knowing that it's okay, like, mm. I forgive you. Yeah, forgiveness. Like anybody, think about your skeletons. So and define I want people to think about the skeletons in their closet. Define grace. Grace is a sense of forgiveness. Yes, and I mean like forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean in the sense of like, like, okay, you know, we're gonna keep that in the back of our minds, okay, and you know, but like, no, no, it's no longer a part of you. Yeah. Do you have okay? like? Yeah. Do you have? Do you have like <laughs> a, a verse, a scripture verse, or a song lyric that kind of like? can distill that like in an artistic sense or a literary sense of, of, I mean, there's a verse that comes to mind. that's just like, you know, for by grace, we are saved through faith. It's wow. not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Say that again, please. <laughs> I like it. No. It's, for by grace, we are saved through faith. Okay. It's not of ourselves. In other words, there's nothing we can physically do. There's nothing that we can mentally do to achieve that. Right. It's the gift of God, which I believe is Christ, not of works. That's just affirming the concept that there's nothing that you can fucking do to do good to get there, lest any man should boast. Yeah. And and to me, lest any man should boast. Mm. So for me, yeah, to me, that's that's the whole point, you know? And it's just, and that's for my personal subjective Christianity standard, you know, like our opinion. Yeah. So how how does... But it changed my life. So how does does grace... um, I'm forgiven. Totally forgiven. Heal your shame. Yeah. And then, and then like Gabe's story, take you from descent to ascent, like bring you back to the light, back to the, back to my, I'm going to obsess about my cathedral. (laughs) Yeah. How does it take you from the Gothic, the dragons, the peering gargoyles into the, into the being washed into the light of the church? The worst possible moment. Yeah. The creator himself is like, puts his arm around you. It says, no, we're good. It's all in the past. I love you. Let's keep moving. Yeah, ultimately. I mean, and... So the sense of acceptance. Right, and here's the problem, is that I think that humanity actually kind of blinds that truth. Mm -hmm. You know, for me. Blinds that truth in the sense where it's just like, you come back to, I I say that verse, but people always come back to that, you know, not of works. Like, people are like, no, but of works. Like, to me, it's almost like they change the wording where it's like, it's not not of works, it's actually but of works. Interesting, like, so... You know, so you almost got to work your best. And it's not just that. It's also like, you know, the relationships that, like, that you're so, in. Yeah. So what does it mean? Like, um, cause you know, 
you know, if you come from a Christian context, the of works, we know, we kind of have an idea of what that means. Yeah. But if you don't have any idea of like what, like you say of works, like somebody's in couch mode. Like what does of works mean to them? Oh, it means that they, oh, they should be in the gym. They should Mm -hmm. be pumping iron. Like they should be, you know, they should be making sure that they're not eating cookie dough. They should be eating salads. Like they should be, you know, like to, to me, to me, like couch mode, you know, that's the most comfortable place to be. Ultimately, everyone (laughs) feels that there's always a standard that everybody has to feel like they need to live up to. Mm. And honestly, there's a, so hear me out on this. Okay. Please hear me out on this for a second. Okay. There's a point. There's there's a point. I feel like there's no, there's a point where it's like, you got to realize that you're, you can always set the bar higher, you know? The bar can always, like right now, all of us can technically have the bar set higher, which should be a positive thing. But the problem is, is that when you start taking setting the bar higher to a negative connotation where you start saying, oh, this is like, I suck, you know, because I'm not making million, you know, I'm only making a hundred. To me, it's just like, that's, that should never be the process. You got to give yourself grace. Like there's this idea of like, like I'm talking about forgiveness and grace from a spiritual standpoint, not Mm. just from a common grace standpoint, like for us to give ourselves grace and be like, like Gabe, I mean, you made some huge changes in your life where you're like, you went from couch mode to 75 hard. Okay. Well, 75, just the fact that you're even exploring the idea of doing 75 hard is a massive, massive, huge step. I think, you know, it's one thing to actually take the step. It's another thing to be like, no, I'm actually going to figure out what I need to do to be better, you know, and give yourself some grace and not just be like, no, I'm going to just like, how do you find that balance? How do you, how do you find the balance between Mm. grace and excuses? Well, you're either moving and Matt, forward, which just means you're like, too. how do I, how do I do better? Like, like, and then it's just like, that's moving forward. Just thinking that just taking the time to think about how do I move forward? Okay. Not just be like, oh, I should have, oh, I should have, oh, I should have no, but being like, okay, planning premeditation on how to do better. Okay. Like that's step one. And you're like anything, like, even at contemplation action doesn't matter. Any thought forward. I, I, uh, iteration is, um, like if you're in the mindset okay. where you're just like, no, I'm actually not going to be able to do it. Like defeated. Yeah, everyone's experienced that level of defeated. We're defeated. That's number one step is to get out of that mode is to be, I'm not defeated. I'm not defeated. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing drugs. I'm, I'm shooting heroin. Okay. I'm looking at porn. You know, I have an addiction to this. I have an addiction to that. I have an addiction to this, you know, like whatever. Okay, fine. But I'm not defeated. If you're defeated, if you believe that you're defeated, you that you cannot move forward. You're sitting on the couch, you're 200 and however many pounds, you're eating cookie dough, you're watching your favorite Netflix, you don't have a girlfriend, you don't have a boyfriend, you don't whatever, but like all you're doing is is just drowning in defeat. All you have to say is is I'm not defeated. Is it like start with that? I think I think it just correct me if this is what you're saying cuz if this is this is incredibly important. Um the moving people we hold ourselves and society tends to hold men to this high standard of always progressing and it's natural for us to always want to climb that hierarchy right jordan peterson talks about the dominance hierarchy we're always wanting or not the uh, whatever the um hierarchies we're always trying to climb this right we're always trying to prove not only to ourselves but to others that we're better you have to realize how valuable one percent is Mm -hmm. How valuable 1% is. Everybody's thinking as they're sitting on the couch eating their cookie dough 
in couch mode, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> everybody's it. thinking about how they need to do a 1x mm-hmm. or a 2x mm-hmm. or a 3x. Okay, guys, a 1x, 2x, and a 3x is a 100%, 200%, 300%. One of the, one of the common elements I'm hearing is incremental change. It has like, to be like it has to be incremental change. So you you can't be defeated. And but but on the other hand, you have to accept incremental change, and you you can't really embrace black and white thinking of yourself. You you have to like if you if you're in coach mode and you're like get a one percent gain one day, fucking awesome, mm-hmm. right? And if you get a one point two the next day, it's huge, fucking awesome. And a lot of people, but there's a lot of gurus out there that would paint mm-hmm. the one percent as right. Like they don't give grace to people for one percent. And I'm sorry, guys. There's a lot like that's messed up. It is messed up. That's really messed up. Listen, I've had a lot of success in my marriage with the 1% concept. Mm. I've had a lot of success in my business with the 1% concept. Like I've had a lot of success in just life in general with 1% concept or 2%, whatever. The point is, is like, I think it's great. You know, you got Grant Cardone where it's just like 10x your business, you know, let's do a thousand percent you know, or whatever, like, but when it comes down to it, it's like, no, like you need a lifestyle change. Yeah. Not just a diet. That's why I asked you earlier about diet stuff, because to me, no offense guys, but I don't really believe in diets. I I believe in diets to shock you into, into something maybe, but to me, ultimately diets are not really the key element to success. The key element to success is a lifestyle change. And the only way you're going to have a lifestyle change is by small incremental yeah. percent changes yeah, each that's day. That's the common theme between like... You have to. Yeah. Like if, like people are like, say Bible study, you know, or reading books, personal development. Okay. Oh, read one book a day. I've heard people say that. Oh, you got to read one book a day. One book a day is going to change. How about just a sentence? How about just maybe mm. a chapter or yeah. a paragraph, you know, every day. Yeah. The goal is to just yep. do one little thing. And that's get off the couch. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Like for I me, agree. that is what changes this one philosophy, which is thinking poorly of yourself. Shame. Thinking about shame, shameful things, thinking about your skeletons, taking the big things that you've done that have screwed up your life, compiling them all into one big thing. And then just saying, I can't change. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, these one percenters, guess what? These one percenters and two percenters are what got you to those skeletons. Yeah. So you can reverse the skeletons by doing the one or two percenters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. And it's really, oh, Ed Milet. I don't know why I couldn't remember. I love Ed Milet. Ed Milet's great. Have you read his book, One More? I haven't actually. I haven't. You You guys should. He bought an island here in Maine. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did. I was watching his Instagram (laughs) stories the whole time he was going through it. Um, Just because it was like, oh my God, that's Maine. That was my home. he had his whole process is to take this 1% is to really systematize 1% um, and to streamline. Um, so systematize 1% and streamline the confidence back to what we're, how tying this all into what we were talking about earlier um, and how like what the outcome of going through the ascent after the descent, go through mm-hmm. descent, the outcome of after going to that is having this incredible confidence. His goal was to streamline and systematize that and his book, one more does it exceptionally well oh, and what it's awesome. what he talks about is find something doesn't like it doesn't matter what you're doing whenever you commit to doing something do it and then one more do that what you and committed to and then one more so um, we've got if, we've got we've got book recommend we got 75 hard yep. we've got the bible right yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, we've got what's his book recommendation gabe and then one more by ed my life yeah more. okay 
we got a third book recommendation. Yep. Incre- for those who are looking to take that step and who are like, okay, I need something. Change, yep. Those <laughs> are going to be incredible resources. One of the other things, just really Specific- Specifically, I have to say this really quick. Specifically, Ephesians. Okay. That, that book, oh, yeah. that that particular verse that I actually recommended was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Okay. And mm-hmm. that that book is my favorite book of all time. Anyways, I'm sorry. Good book. Carry on, Gabe. No, good book. No, it is. Phenomenal. Um, one thing that was really practical to tie this in, um, both with my story and with Cody's, one thing that I did, it's an exercise. It's kind of dangerous, um, but I learned it from Jordan Peterson. And I say dangerous in a mental sense. If you're not careful, it, it can be taken too far. You can get lost in it. Um, but it was an, to write out in story form what your personal hell looks like. Hmm. I have it written out in my shower. It's laminated in my shower. And I read that um, at least once a week. I'll go through and I'll read. If I let myself continue down, and that's one of the things I had to do when Mm. I was, as I was exiting couch mode, if I let myself continue down this path, where will I be in two years, three years, five years? Where will I be? Um, And talk about the skeletons in your closet, Cody. Like, all everyone has their own personal slice of hell and if you let yourself go if you let yourself go there what will that look like and i instead of just living as if that's where you're headed if you write it out and put it on paper and say if i'm not careful that's where i couldn't go (laughs) that's motivating as hell to move forward yeah wow Wow. that's awesome Mm. yeah it's powerful stuff man it's very powerful I got to take a pee break. You're taking a pee you break. You do that. You do that. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, he's gone. Monkey shoulder. <laughs> oh, nice catch. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, man. How was... So, I know you have your own personal stories into Descent um, and your own version of this. I do, this. yeah. What are your recommendations i'm gonna ask you the same question you hmm. asked me at the beginning um because i didn't actually you gave me a heads up that this is kind of where we we're talking about mm-hmm. i didn't yeah. prepare this story ahead of time yeah right so right i literally just went for it and i was like yeah no this actually ties in really well um <clears throat> what are the three kind <clears throat> of outcomes on the other side what does that look like what is the way that you could encourage people and then what are the three outcomes from the other side for you hmm that's a good question. So I, w- I, I would think like someone it's great. Well I, well, I would think the fundamental thing, like for me, I've gone through some crazy shit in the last five years, 10 years. Um, one of the things Gabe that really helped me, uh, it was, it, it was subversive and defiant. Uh, I think it sounds so kind of douchey to say that, but one of the things that I did <clears throat> early on and Josh Cousineau were, and I re- really thought through this was, one of the things I, I kept telling myself in, in some of the hard things I've gone through was that I was my own worst enemy. Um, and by telling myself I was my own worst enemy, I didn't realize that at the time I was giving myself a path for radical healing um, because it was subversive in the sense of like people often go through hard things and they blame everybody else, right? They're blaming this person. They're blaming this person. They blame. But I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I want the fastest path of healing I can find. 
And I, and I thought the fastest path to healing was not to blame other people. It was to blame myself. And I said, I, I accept. And I literally gave, I woke up. It was like part of my mantra. Um, it was the second thing I'd tell myself. I do 10 breaths and I would say, there is a God and he's a gracious God. And then the second thing I would say to my, the second thing would be like, I am my own worst enemy. And, and that gave me so much space to be like, okay, so how do I get better? Like, how do I improve? And, and, and wasn't the, the lawyers or wasn't the, the X or it wasn't the, you know, this condition or that condition or, or this person or that person. I was my own worst fucking enemy. And I can't tell you how much that helped me heal. Uh, it was the fastest path for healing to me because when you're blaming everybody else, there's, there's a sprinkling of delusion in that, right? There's a, little bit of like, oh, well, well, and there's also secondary gain. Like if I can blame somebody else, then I'm off the hook. But the problem with that is if you're off the hook, what if you're supposed to be on the hook, right? And so you've denied yourself a, a expedited healing. So I was like, you know, you guys know I'm a big Elon Musk fanboy, but like I wanted to accelerate my healing as fast as I possibly could. And so by, by saying to myself, I am my own worst enemy. I was able to get the help that I needed. And I was able to confront my own shadow, my own demons, my own descent, take all the darkness, bring it to the light and accept all those different parts of me that had been neglected and wounded and bring them to the light. <clears throat> I can't fucking tell you how fast I was able to heal because I accepted my responsibility. Um, now, other people, there's malevolence in my life for sure, but like that, um, that changed my life, um, and it was. I've told it to a couple of people, and they're kind of like they were kind of like shocked because I was like everybody, you know, people like to tell you you're you're not responsible for this or that, and and sometimes you're not, but like that just gave me the fastest path for healing. So, um, the a couple of the implications that came from that was like. Um, I was able to demystify my problems. So mm. If I'm the biggest, if I'm the biggest cause of the problems, right now, what maybe I am, maybe I'm not right. But, but if I take this axiom and say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest problem. Um, automatically right there, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting myself off from an entitled stance of this person's the problem. And that person's the problem that, so that first implication was, uh, I was, forsaking entitlement and and forsaking entitlement uh, brought me closer to the truth. So that was really helpful by forsaking entitlement. Uh, the second thing that did to me was like able to go deep into my own psyche and, and, and I got some help and, and I've got a counselor who has been amazing. Uh, Claire Coffin is her name. She's been incredible. Um, and she kind of worked this, this kind of process with me. And, um, she's been amazing. And so, uh, that was really helpful to be like, have somebody else kind of like, um, help me through that. So I got help. So that was the second implication. And the third was how fast the healing came. Like, like back, back to the shame piece. I wasn't afraid to be like, yeah, I fucked up. I did this or this. Um, now I'm not to blame for everything in my life for sure, but like, um, I was able to heal so fast. And so the one of the implications was 
I was able, and Cody mentioned it before, I was able to be present for my kids mm. at a time where mm. they mm. Um, were really struggling. Yeah. And so if I was blaming other people, if I hadn't gotten help, like, I, I, dude, I could have been, I could have lived a whole fucking life of delusion. And, and there would have been a lot of people been like, oh yeah, fuck that, fuck her, whatever. But like, <laughs> the, f- the best implication was I was able to be present um, for my children and I was able to protect them and advocate for them and get them to be safe and loved and secured. And so that was one of the biggest kind of, so those are the three big implications for me of like accepting, just positing, just po- as an axiom, I'm my own worst fucking enemy. Mm. Like if you wake up like that, yeah. it sounds dark. And I, I told this to a, a really successful client and he's like, I love you fucking loved it. Right. But he's like, but, but the counter to that is you're also your best friend. Mm. And I was like, yeah, so I am my own, then I can be my own best friend. And so I guess that was part of my story, Gabe. I don't know if that answers your question, but, um, yeah, it was like radical fucking humility Mm. and to the nth degree and, and the same client I talked to the uh, the summer, and he was like, "I can't believe how much you've changed. You've gone from 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 devastation to like peace so fast." And he's still going through a lot himself. But it was like, he's like, "How did it happen?" And like, how, and I was like, "What?" But the biggest pillar for me was being like, "I am. I accept responsibility as a man, as an you know, and I want to get my shit together." And I want to fucking be a monster. But that's but that's how you become the hero in your own story. Yeah. You know, I heard I've heard you know people say this before, and I and I do apply this to myself. It's like I have a, I personally have my own council of people. You know, I've got all these different people that I go to for personal development, mm-hmm. and I have pretend conversations with these people in my mind based off of the personal development I've gone through with these people. But in the end, I truly am actually looking to, I know this sounds really egotistic and I don't mean it to be, but like I'm looking to myself as a future hero. Who is Cody 10 years from now? Mm. You know, ultimately who's Matt 10 years from now? Who's Gabe 10 years from now? Mm. Because that is who we're going to become. Yeah. And if we're not mentally preparing ourselves for who that individual is, if we're just focusing on the catastrophes, the hypothetical catastrophes that are taking place in our life, we're never going to get to the hero of ourselves, which is ourselves. Ironically. I agree. And I, I was like, I was like, if you want to personify shame, like let's call it like this, like dark force. It was. I was like, let's fucking go, let's go, bring it. Like, what do you have to say to me? Like, what? Let's. So I was able to kind of fellowship with my shame, and let it speak, and being like, not afraid. I was so not not judgmental about mm. like my issues, and I was just like, um, I wanted to reverse engineer my shame. Like, and so, so the key was like, and you've said it too, is like grace helps you do that. Grace helps you to be like, well, if shame isn't devastating, then it's a great teacher, right? Shame can teach you so much. Um, but if it, it you get locked in couch mode, it, it can teach you, shame can teach you where you fucking suck. Yeah. Where you like, this is where you deserve to yeah. be. Which and that's is, where, that's yeah. where if you're eating Ben and Jerry's and you're eating pizza and you're. You know, you're doing all these things. You're binge you're, watching all your Netflix shows. Yeah, you're what what Grace yeah. lets me do is lets me just 
take the hit. Because take in taking the hit. But no what do you do with Grace when you're there's the no only person? What do you do with Grace when you're the only person that believes that you're think about it this way. You are the only person who's you're your you're your own last hope for loving yourself. Like there's no human being yeah. in this world that loves you. Yeah. There's no God that loves you. There's just simply you yeah. having the uh, like I'm going to choose to love myself or I'm just going to I'm over it. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like what do you say to those people? Because there's people out there who don't believe in God. Well, I, they don't believe anybody loves them yeah. and probably nobody does love them. Well, they I probably think, are the outcasts think, of this world truly. Bit, like for me it was like I had this mantra like literally every fucking morning was this mantra and I went through every day. So after one of the things I would say is what do you want? Like simple, it's a simple question. And you've talked about, you and I talked about this. Like, yeah. what do you want? What do you want? And it's like, I started to connect with me. What, what do I want? Like, what the fuck do I want? And that's, and when you ask that question, you answer that question and you start to actually have incremental progress in that you are actually loving yourself. And like, if, if you let, if you let, if you say you're, I, and I would say I'm my own worst enemy, right? Why? Because I'm not actually pursuing what I want, right? I'm, I'm pursuing all these other things. But when I let shame, when I let, let, like was able to confront my shadow and then, and then ask the question, what are all these parts really in, in the end want? Um, I was able to heal so fast. The, the other thing I would just throw in, because it's a little bit, a little bit different than Gabe's story, maybe. And it's a little bit different than Cody's story, but not totally, is the idea of emulation. So in my dark moments, um, Elon Musk was somebody who was like, um, the dude, right, the dude was launching fucking rockets and bringing, landing them back down. What? <laughs> the, the U.S. government hadn't figured out how to do that, number one. And, and, and Elon had sourced out every fucking material to do it. And yeah. the cost, he went on the metal exchanges and said, not only can we make this cheaper, but we can, we can, we can not waste material, bring, bring that rocket up, bring that down. I can't tell you how many times I just watched that rocket go up and land. That to me was a powerful, um, demonstration of like Gabe, what you're saying too, is what's possible. So Elon Musk to me, I was able to emulate somebody. So I was like, I'm my own worst enemy. What do I want? Then I had this powerful emulation of somebody who was like doing shit in the world. Like I read philosophers, I read theologians, I read all these historians and all these fucking writers. But here's a guy like putting his fingers in physics and landing rockets, bringing them, landing them down. <laughs> yeah. We're using science and physics. So, so the power of emulation, I, I would recommend that for anybody who's in couch mode. Like sometimes it's like you can use grace, you can use a book, but sometimes it's like, for me, it was like, take some time and just emulate people. Hmm. And that can be a very simple, powerful motivator. It'd be like, well, what do I want in my life? Well, um, well, this person inspires me. I like this person. I, I like this, what this person's doing. I like that what this person is doing. I like what that, so it's a very, very simple thing. And that can lead to the same incremental progress. So the power of emulation is just like, um, to me, Elon Musk was a huge part of like, for me, um, transcending Elon helped me break the simulation. Like Kanye West, Jay-Z, 
Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, um, Kanye especially. Kanye and Jay-Z like fucking changed my life. Like they said some things that were, I'm not going to go into it, but like, I was like, wow. Um, I had all these sources of, of people that I was emulating, but Elon Musk was the biggest. Like I, it was, it got so, so interesting at some point I would fall asleep like playing Elon, Elon Musk lectures. Cause I wanted to hear what the man was thinking even in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life completely. It really did. Hmm. So I would recommend, I mean, just find, if you're in couch mode, find somebody who's inspiring and like, just fucking copy them on any level. So simple. No, so simple because like, just, just, oh, they, they, they read books. Well, I'm going to read a book. Uh, what book? I don't know. Well, that's, that's so true. And I think that, the, you know, there's a, there's a very common phrase in the business world, in the world in general, really. It's just where they say that the top five people that you spend the most time with are the people that you end up becoming. Yeah. And I think that's really important for couch mode. Yeah. To, to understand that it's just like now some people are not even hanging out with anybody. There's some people who have zero friends period. Yeah. And that's one thing. Okay. Well then start reading books. Yeah. You know, start listening to books. If you can't read, start listening to books, start Absolutely, watching yeah. podcasts, yeah. whatever, get some influences yeah, in your life of yep. people that want to better themselves. I think it's so deeply important, but if you got friends in your life, figure out who those people are. And by the way, this is the hardest decision I've ever made in my entire life. I want you to know this literally. The hardest decision I ever made in my entire life was having to let go of certain people that were in my life. Yeah. And and how to do that, I have no idea for you. I, I can't tell you how to do that. I just know that why, why you need to you look at to? your circle of friends yeah. and then what you spend, think about it deeply, write it down, whatever, think about it, write it on your iPhone, whatever, your Android. Who are the people that I spend the most time with? Top five people. Because if you do not figure out who those people are, if you don't figure out who your top five influences are, you will never know where to go because you will be influenced by those people. You will do what those people do. Right. You will. If those people do drugs, you'll do drugs. If those people love Jesus, you'll end up wanting to love Jesus. Yeah. If those people want to, you know, go to the strip club all the time, you're going to go to the strip club all the time. If you, it doesn't matter if those people eat peanut butter, you're going to eat peanut butter all the time because those people will influence your life, whether you like it or not. So there's an emulation that's either positive or negative on some level. Yeah. But you, but my point here is, is that if you were to take those five people, identify them, figure out how they're influencing your life. What do those people love the most? Okay. That's one list. The second list is what do you, what do you want? for an influence in your life. Yeah. What are the top five people that you want in your life? What kind of an influence do you want from those people? Do you want those people to be influencing you to be the best basketball player of all time? Do you want those people to influence you to be the best, you know, reading the most books of all time or like whatever, anything, you know, encouraging you to be in you this know, particular religion yeah, or doing yeah. that or doing this. Like I remember one of the interviews with Elon Musk that blew me away. It was this great interview. This, um, this Asian woman was Elon, uh, interviewing Elon Musk. He's kind of, I'm piggy piggybacking on what you're saying. And she was like, Elon, what's the secret of your success? He's like, um, he said, I try to like work. I don't know how many hours a week. He said, try to double what your competitor is working. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> like, sir. And I was like, <laughs> really you know, simple. The, <laughs> totally simple. And he's like, and then he's like typical Elon Musk. He's like, well, if you, um, if you, if you can, if you, you put it on a probability stream and you're, <laughs> Your competitor is working forty hours a week. You and you're working eighty hours a week, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and in a certain amount of time, you've doubled their you've doubled their output. Right. And anybody in that, so sometimes it's just simple. It's just 
simple things like that that can absolutely change a life. It doesn't have to be Carl Jung. It doesn't have to be, uh, it can just be a simple thing. I think that the element that's in all three of our stories is like incremental mm-hmm. change if you're in coach mode. Um, whatever path you take, whether it's a, you know, like Gabe, it's like a really intense, disciplined, which I fucking love. And uh, Cody's like this Christ-centered, like um, loving relationship, right? Like, Or if it's like me in this wonky, fucked up, world that i was in just being like i am my own worst fight my mine was like this existential okay, we got to redefine crisis. matt i personally uh, love yours matt. yeah that is something i really relate to i dude it was just so helpful because i was yeah. like like if once i took dude you're a genius man once now, i took responsibility retain information on a level that is just un, uh, un, no one I, knows how to retain information like matt does uh, dude thank you what once i it's, accepted it's responsibility crazy for my shit, my life changed. Mm-hmm. And dude, I can tell you, I know some people who were going through divorce, like initiated divorce about the same time I did. Like that's part of my story is divorce and like um, healing from that. And like, uh, I know some people who didn't accept that principle. So we're in three, four years now, maybe maybe three years. They're still at the same fucking place, mm-hmm. blaming and blaming. They've lost three years. And they look at me and they're like, how did you heal so fast? They said, but I think you have a huge, cause I've known you for over a decade. And I think that if there's one common denominator I see in your life, I mean, there's multiple things, but one of the big things is you do have a very, very intense level of self-control. That's, that's unbelievable. I, I and in Gabe, obviously you do too, you know, and this is an area that this is why one of the things that I'm blessed to have as you both are in my life as influencers in my life is this, is this concept of self-control because that's something that I struggle with personally. My, my thing Cody is honestly like I, I know what I'm capable of if I'm not self-controlled. Mm-hmm. Like I, it doesn't, I mean, you know this, like we've talked, I don't, I don't have a, the, for me, it's like, like putting uh, more skeletons. Well, in the my, closet. my dark side is pretty dark. And, and I know that if I don't, um, I'm self-controlled, not as a, it's not as like a, a moral thing. It's more like necessity. If I give in to these things, um, the kind of shit my mind's capable of, it's just, it's, you know, I, so self-control for me is like, um, uh, but you don't have to be smart to achieve it. You don't No. Well, it's like simple, but it's just, but it what was it for to, you? Like what, what, what was it for? I want to ask both of you this question. How do you obtain self-control? That's a good question. I mean, self-control I have is like sitting with your shadow and like your, your, yourself. I know what I'm capable of. Like, um, I have, I have darkness in me. I really do. People, oh, you're a great guy, but I'm like, eh. well, I have darkness in me. I have and and in different senses. And so it's like, um, that darkness, um, that darkness just, it, it's, it's destructive to myself. So, so you're aware destruct- of the hypothetical. I, yeah. I'm aware of the uh, hypothetical the, consequences yeah. of the actions yeah. that 
you would that you would hypothetically make if you did not have self control. The destructive nature for me, what what it would do to me. You actually take the time in. to think about that because yeah. the problem is, is people yeah. don't. And my kids. So that's right. part of your gifting. Is you actually and maybe not gifting? I don't know because maybe that's something that we should all grasp. Maybe this is one of the be- mm-hmm. most valuable pieces of information that we pull away from this co- podcast is. People need to think about the actual outcome of their actions. Well, for me, it's like a radical humility. Like I think of it that way, what I'm capable of. Like uh, I'm, I'm capable of things I'm, ash- you know, I'm like back to shame. Like I've done some things I'm ashamed of. I, um, and the, the man I want to be is I want to be a monster. And I want to be, by, by monster, I define monster this. is yeah, somebody positive who sense, promotes yeah. human flourishing on the yeah. ultimate level for the people in their tribe. Yeah. And, and, and does everything they can do to mitigate suffering and chaos in somebody else's life in their tribe. Yeah. That to me is, is a monster. So you're, it's a twofold thing. You're, you're, you're promoting flourishing, human flourishing to the people in your community and you're mitigating suffering and you're, and you're just like crushing chaos that, that is insidious in other people's lives. That to me is like, it's the opposing monster. That's like the ultimate sense of what masculinity is. Yeah. That's my version. Um, and, the dark side to me is like just the opposite of that. Like, so if, if you're giving into the, into your own dark side on some level, you're, you're promoting destruction mm. and you're limiting human flourishing and for yourself and for everybody around you. And, um, I've had periods of that in my life and, and I'm capable of that. I'm, I'm capable of that kind of thing and I don't want to be. So that's for me where it's like a, a radical, for me a radical sense of like yeah i've i've got some areas that are really dark and and fucked up and um i accept that i don't push those away i accept it and i and i want to be um remembered by people i love mm. as somebody who brought um flourishing into their life and that's yeah. so that drives me to be more self-disciplined than i otherwise would i don't consider myself super self-disciplined but like um, that, 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 so that's kind of the motivating cause is like in the end, when I die back to death, when I, my grandfather used to say, he's the one who took me to the coffin. Right. But the last podcast, he was always had this deathbed philosophy. And he always would say to me, you're going to die someday and you're going to be on your deathbed and you're going to always look back on your life. And he's going to say that is going to be the most profound moment of your life. Two minutes before you die. And, uh, he would just say to me like, let that, because there's no going back, right? You, you can be on your deathbed and be sorrowful and be like, that's fine. But, you, but if, if you're on your deathbed and you're full of regret, who could I have been? You're fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't go back. If you're on your deathbed and you're like, I hurt this person and this person and this person. Now there's hope and there's forgiveness in that, right? Um, but, I, but on my deathbed, I, I want to be able to say like, like, you know, back to Christ, this idea of Christ being like this ultimate chaos killer. Like I killed chaos and I brought flourishing to my girls, to my friends, to, to my romantic partner, to hopefully my spouse someday. Mm. Like I gave them a world that, um, was as chaos fucking free as you can get it. That inspires me. And I know the only fucking way to get that is self-control. You, if you can't regulate your own emotions, and I struggle with it, you can't regulate your own emotions. Um, really dear friend of mine has talked about like like her um, said something one time about male partners. I, I never forgot. Very profound. 
if, if I can't have a male partner who's better at handling trauma than me, I don't want them. It makes me wonder if and I was like, a, shit, like, yeah. like, wow, what a standard for, for mating. Like, like, and the only way you're going to be able to, to shield a woman or shield somebody you love from, from the trauma of this world is emotional regulation. Mm. I'm in. I, I want, I want on my deathbed, I want to be that guy. And I, and I know there's, there's capabilities, there's capacities in me that on my deathbed, I, I could have so much regret and I don't want that. So that's what drives me, I think on some level. So Gabe, how about, how, how do you die? How do you deal with self-control? I mean, cause to me, it's just like, and, and I just want to point this out really quick for my personal struggle from a personal standpoint is like, you got the, th- you got the, uh, the cookie dough as Gabe, you know, metaphor or literally would say, right. you know, the cookie dough for me, metaphorically, the cookie dough, I got my own cookie doughs in my life mm-hmm. that, do. <laughs> that serve more dopamine mm-hmm. than self-controlled than the rewards of actually self-control would, yeah. you know? So it's just like, I got this experience where I'm like, okay, I could go to this cookie dough for me, metaphorically, you know, whatever it is. Or self-control. Well, self-control doesn't sound as good. That, that doesn't give me a dopamine release as well yeah. as, as the cookie dough does. So, I, I you just, know. Can I interrupt just quickly? Yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah, to my head. yeah, yeah. I know Gabe's got to say, I hate the idea of being roped or tricked. I fucking hate the idea of having the wool pull over my eyes. Yeah. I, I despise that. For some, it's, it's the Wallace in me, I think. That right, fucking right, right. Freedom, pro-libertarian. Like, the idea of being tricked pisses me off. The idea of being stuck in a dopamine loop that you're losing but your But some life, people don't have that same mental p- no, capacity. I, I no, I understand Where that. they're able to look at things right. further down the line like you are, where you're just like... I just hate all the, the outcome. Yeah. I just hate the idea. I hate it too. But that how do you deal with the people that have to... This is the grace, reality of grace, most grace people. Most people. Most people are not thinking about... They're not playing this out in their mind how this is all going to go down. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not... They're All they're doing is just like, I'm very unhappy. Yeah. Cookie dough sounds fucking good it sounds you awesome. know like it sounds yeah. really good I, I to me you know yeah, self-control right, that right. sounds like just going Horrible. back to hang yeah. painful experiences the, the, the way i look like, at the people like that is like is in the you and i talked the other day and, and I, it could be cookie dough drugs was it like, could be sex it could I, be anything i think just i like, think religious just, thought is the most tyrannical type of thinking that there is okay but so, that's a whole nother conversation no, no, we gotta but bring it is, up but no, it's yeah relevant like that's because because it creates i want to hear gabe explain creates shame yes it does yeah so my answer to that question is yes Oh, 100%. Yes. But a lot of people here that are listening are probably atheists or they probably don't believe in Jesus yeah, or they probably don't atheist, believe. I mean, the, like the all three of, of us have different opinions on how we believe spiritually right. even if to some atheist, degree. The idea of grace is a, is a compelling. Idea. That is the compelling thing. Yes. All right. So with that being said, Gabe, how do you deal with self-control? I have three points for this. Um, I'm going to talk. One strong. No, I, I, this is something that is, I'm incredibly passionate about. So, um, wait, hold on three points, three points. I got to pee before you go three points. Yes, you do. Go All for right, it. And he was so anxious to hear. Andy. I really, <laughs> he was like, please don't talk about any of those three points saying, until talking. after I come back. Go talk pee. about whatever. Okay. I'll be back. Hilarious. He pees more than or something? I go, do. Go, which is... What? Yeah. Give me some chocolate. It's in my fridge. Snack. In, in hilarious. The, it's in the cheese drawer. Actually. <laughs> Don't ask. Amazing. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Gabe, he, yeah. he's going to the bathroom. Let, let's hear your three thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll fill him in. Yeah. The uh, first one 
is again another thing that i wrote about this week it's been a really intense week is um to name your monsters um this is how i deal with this this is cody's question is how do you understand and how do you deal and create self-control um i think there's two ways to approach it in my life i've found one is you have to have a very strong motivating reason then you and you then you have to have a very practical way and you have and then third you have to have a way to connect the two hmm. um and that's where my three points kind of come in so point one um the motivating reason is actually the exact same motivating that you have i have done i'm not proud of a lot of the things i've done hmm. um and Sorry. i am <laughs> welcome back do you back, guys Cody. have to pee at all i mean um it's amazing to me no. that surprising to no. me so all to right. jump into the three points i was just starting with matt um there's this framework i have for this in order to understand and develop self-control one you have to have a very strong motivating reason we'll put that over here very strong reason why then you have to very, have a very practical and simple setup system and then having those two things is not enough. You actually have to have a way of connecting these. Um, and that's why I have this system. That's what I kind of do. So my practical reason why are um, my very deep why is creating self-control necessary is very similar to Matt. Um, I have done a lot of things that bring a lot of shame. Um, I know what I'm capable of and there are we talked about it a little on the last podcast. There are months of my life that are missing where I know what I'm capable of. And because of the multiple personality disorder, the dissociative identity disorder, there's months of my life that's missing. And I don't, had no control during those times. And during those times, some of the darkest areas of my shadow of myself were revealed. And I knew what I was capable of, had no control um, and no memory. So to this day, there's gaps in my life that I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, and that's mm. that nothing rocks your core more than that in my experience. Um, that's so very similar to Matt. Like I, I know I have a very strong, mm. very clear picture of what will happen if I don't have self-control having that um, laminated picture or laminated uh, paper in the shower that I read um, once a week. That is something that reminds me of why this is important. That's something that reminds me and brings me back um, because life can be really fun and relaxed. You can get in that dopamine hit and then mm -hmm. you just let the self-control slide because you don't remember yeah. this is important, right? So that's the why. The practical way, or actually I'll go to the next one. So connecting that to the practical is something I wrote about this week. And um, it's naming I, I call that naming your monsters um we've used monsters in the context here of um like as a good way and a good thing and i actually really appreciate that i really appreciate that in this context that i'm referring to i'm referring to monsters as the thing that creeps and crawls in the night i'm talking about the thing that's horrifying that's terrifying the thing that you're ultimately scared of is naming that um, and 
one of the things that people, they get stuck in this dopamine loop, right? Oftentimes, and I speak very much from experience, right? Like I say, I was addicted to cookie dough. Like I speak from not my only addiction either. I speak from experience. Um, addiction is more often than not, and I would say almost always, bred out of some avoidance. And usually it's an emotion. Um, whatever that of whatever you're avoiding you're going to something else to try and fix and sometimes that's usually an emotion right we look well, at that's the reason why you're continuously addicted to something is because you're avoiding yeah. something um i 100% 100% and the reason i say that um one personal experience two um i have read and i haven't read all the scientific literature obviously like i'm not going to claim I'm an expert um but what i have seen and I've gone deep into the subject, addiction is tends to be based out of an avoidance. And that avoidance is, it's an avoidance of an emotion. You have, um, that emotion could be loneliness, your avoidance mm. feeling lonely, or that emotion could be, um, it, it could be, well, at, where I talk about in Name Your Monsters piece that I wrote, the avoidance is the unknown, the emotion of just an unknown emotion, something I actually experienced a lot this week. Um, where you something happened or something in your life happened you and you haven't processed it and there's this hovering unknown now whatever this unknown is becomes significantly worse the longer you avoid it why because the unknown can be anything it all and then all of a sudden it becomes the worst case it becomes the monster the worst possibility so when you're avoiding this anger that you have when you're avoiding this um hatred that's built up when you're avoiding this loneliness this crippling loneliness when you're avoiding whatever emotion it is you're avoiding it because you're typically scared there's unknown we don't know what it likes we're afraid that it'll take over it's going to completely take over us we'll get lost in a spiral or we're just afraid because we we just don't want to feel it and so we avoid it the longer we and then oftentimes we don't know what it is it's usually this unknown um, but we know it's bad. It just gets labeled general bad emotion. So we avoid that bad. Um, and the fur, the more we avoid that, the bigger bad becomes until bad becomes a monster. And then that's when addiction starts. That's the cycle that often happens. And so for me, as a very practical way to avoid that, to avoid avoiding, I start with the why. I get really clear on why um, self-control is important. Then... I start with um, this, I have a system for organizing and naming emotions to say, okay, I am feeling something weird. I don't know what this is here. I will follow this system. I'll follow this guidebook to figure out what it is because I know if I let this go, it will drive me into the thing, very thing that I'm avoiding or at the very thing um, that I'm terrified of, right? It'll drive me into this life that I know it could be if I'm not careful. And then three, you want something super practical. Not only do I have a system for that, you also want very, and Matt could talk a lot about this, I think on a different podcast, a different episode, um, but very practical systems on ha creating habits. I don't think I have a huge amount of self-control. I just have self-control in spurts. And I can have create a lot of self-control in a very short amount of time, enough time to create systems and organize my environment, organize my triggers, my associations, mm. set up my world, just enough self-control to set right. up so that it yeah, runs. And then that's I'm good. like, put my hands off. There's a feeling that we just desire to go back to that cookie dough 
you know, we just desire to sit down and just eat the cookie dough, you know, like Mm -hmm. it could be because we're so stressed out. Like I got kids, I got a couple of kids, you got a couple of kids. I'm sure there's been times in your life where there's been an immense full amount of stress, stress that has been produced from raising those kids yeah, especially that have like brought a, you to the place where like I just, case, you know or I mean? like, being a single parent pretty much. Yeah. I, you know, it could be, it could be like maybe people, you know, I don't, my whole point is, is this, is that, or my question really is this, when you start to feel that tug, that tug to want to just go have some cookie dough, to just want to smoke that cigarette, to just want to go to that strip club, to just want to go and do whatever it is that really gives you that massive dopamine release that just makes you feel so good, but you know, for you subjectively, is not healthy for yourself. What do you do when you start to feel that pull? You know, because because to me, that's what everybody has such a struggle with is they like, it's in that cr- it's like a oh, cr- they're just like I just yeah. want to just go, you know, just want to go do that thing it's that like, makes me feel so good. I think. You know, it yeah, could be wor- anything. Yeah, it could be the- like, it could be video gaming. You know how much of an like addiction that. there is to video game? Like people just want to like, oh, I just want to go. I'm just going to turn on the game system. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, literally eight hours into it, it's five o'clock in the morning. You're supposed to be at work for six or I seven a.m. I love the word just temptation. Like you're so tempted. It's like, <coughs> it's such a great word. And it's not like a, these things are really bad necessarily, but no, right. embellishing them it's to another great level. Word. It's a great word because the word temptation, I don't know the etymology of it, but it's like, it, it gives us a word to identify a critical moment. And in that critical moment, um, uh, you have this moment to choose. So you have this, it's just a great word. I love the word temptation because it's like, it helps us to identify a moment of, of, of but you can't words. reason. You cannot in that moment, I know, reason, I know. you cannot reason that your future would be better without that. I know for me, you can't, Oh, I know for me, like, well, you part, can, but you can't, well, that's part of, 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 getting a little bit of self-control. I remember going through some very intense emotions through the last few years. And like Gabe's talking about these naming the monsters in a sense, like Jung's concept of like uh, shadow work was so helpful because I would have like, um, say this concept of rage, you'd be so angry at what's happening, happening to you. And, and you go through these things and there's, there's people are breathing, there's malevolence happening to you. For me, one of the things I learned, Cody, in that moment was to, like Gabe said, name name the monster and befriend the monster. Mm-hmm. That changed my life because I was like, I'm so angry, I'm so angry, I'm so angry. And I developed this concept of seat at the table. So I would have this little fellowship in my own, in my own head. So if I had this part of me that was just enraged, I would embrace it and be like, dude, sit at the table. Come. What, what do you have to say? And then... As soon as I would do that, the rage could sit at the table and just be like, I'm so fucking mad. This and this and this and this. And then I'd be like, well, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Um, and then and then the rage would say, it literally would be like, I want this. I want this. Very simple. I want freedom. And I don't want these expenditures anymore. And okay, thank you for your contribution. Rage. You're always welcome here at the table. You have so embracing... Totally embracing, totally embracing, and that's a big problem: is that people don't embrace that's the reality that they in. have rage, or exactly. the reality that they if have this, shame, and they have yeah. that. If you have shame in that moment, and you say, "I would, I would, I would bring," and I have a, I have on my sound on my on my Spotify, I call it "Young Seat at the Table." I have all these songs on there that have helped me in this last two or three years um, to help remind me 
I don't know how many times I would have a new emotion. Like Gabe gave, I so relate to this, what Gabe was saying is like, I don't even know what this feeling is, but I would bring it into light, sit at the table. And, and the table concept, I won't go there, is this idea of communion. I'm not going to go there right now, but like come to the table mm. and sit at the table and, and let's embrace this emotion. Like you're not bad. You're not necessarily good unless you're heard. So we're going to listen to you all the other parts of my psyche that had already been integrated and were very present at the seat of the table. And they had their chairs. And um, I was able, again, I was able to, by, by saying I'm my own worst enemy, I let all my little shadow demons be able to come out into the light. And then I was able to say, well, what do you want? Like, we love you. We care about you. What is it? What are you trying to say? You know, what, what is it that you want? And then, okay, I have another part of me that's an intellectual part that can help you. And then the integration of those parts was fast and, 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 and the healing was expedited because of, I was able to integrate those parts and bring them out and that I get, you know, that's a lot of Jung's work is like, so shadow. you're able to systematically figure out and integrate what Gabe would say earlier in this podcast Gabe is your why. Yeah. Your why, but Gabe said it really well. Like you have this emotion. Sometimes you have an emotion and you don't even know what it is. You're like in that, in that critical moment you're talking about in temptation, you have this option of like pushing it back into the shadow or just being like, dude, come sit, the, fucking sit at the table. What do you have to say? Hmm. It's this very open, wonky, fucked up reality. It's just like, what do you, rage, what do you have to say? Hmm. Loneliness, what do you have to say? Anger, what do you have to say? Lust, what are you trying to say? No, I love this concept of embracing. And bringing because, it to the table. And, and, and not being ashamed of, of the fact yeah. that those exist in yeah. you. And then you get, you get the answers. Like lust, loneliness, what, what, is, what are you trying to say? You know, lust often is like, I want, I want this deep connection and I want so much adventure. I want, I no, want, people want adventure. I want they want ecstasy. attraction. Absolutely. They want people to be attracted to them. So if you take lust and push it in the dark, right, it's always going to operate from the dark. Right. There's a quote Jung said, and I don't remember, but basically he said is like something along these lines. Like if you push your shadow self and keep it in the shadow at the end of their life, you're going to call it fate, but it wasn't fate at all. It was your choice to push this in the shadow. That, and that's back to the deathbed stuff that scares the hell out of me. Mm. I, I don't, at the end of my deathbed, be like, oh, it was fate. But it's like, no, you were just never integrated. And you, did, you didn't let less come to the table. Lust, what do you want? What do you want? What are you saying? Like, that's kind of a game-changing idea. Well, lust is like, I want this. I want ecstasy. I want adventure. I want passion. I want perfect. Well, let's see, if, let's see how we can get it then guess what happens? Lust is no more like, lust is a very integrated part of who we are. It's not an addiction. It's not a sense of shame. It's just one piece at the table. Now at the table, I've got 20 other parts there. I've got the rational part that's saying lust, calm your tits, right? You're not going to have a threesome right now. Right? It's not happening, right? Like calm, calm. <laughs> so yourself. what it, what it comes but, down but what to, do you want yeah. from that? Yeah. If yeah. You have all these parts of the table, like, drinking ale and chilling out, it can all contribute to this like sense of like integration and like, let's, let's get what we want. Yeah. And that so yeah, go ahead. keep going, keep going. That's fine. No, no. And I think that, that helped me heal. And by, by saying I'm my own worst enemy was like, I was able to open the door to the basement of all my shadows and saying, come on up all you motherfuckers, bring it up, <laughs> bring out, bring, bring your hate, bring your lust, 
bring bring your bring your addictions, bring your loneliness, have a fucking seat at the table. That's that's from you know that's what Jesus did. Absolutely, that's where I get the whole idea. Yeah, that's exactly what, what Jesus that's did. That's where you got the idea. That's where I got the idea. Communion. So, this Communion is where I get the idea. That's what Jesus did. People don't believe that. People are like, "Oh, got to live up to it." The like, whole, the whole like, concept. No, he actually invited came, them all over to that party. It was a mixture of like uh, Carl Jung and Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> it was this yeah. entire <laughs> process. Is but incredible. it wasn't this concept of Jesus going around and doing all these things. It was more so he was inviting them over Think and having it, conversation yeah. with them and being Think like, of, "No, the, the only this, people Jesus didn't get along with were their self righteous." So the idea is, is the more you suppress this stuff. The more you're open, the more you're actually probably going to be. The more you screwed you in it, say, like you're going to be in it. Say, the more you take that part of you, push it into the dark. The more operative it becomes. It will become operative in so, your life. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah, and it will. It will. It's like back to this. You're whole, trying so hard. You're like, oh, I'm just trying not to drink. I'm trying not to drink. I'm trying yeah. not to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if you know, saying, you drink the whole saying, fucking bottle. It's, saying, come, it's why gone. Don't you, it's why don't just, you fucking come out of the yeah. basement, have a seat at the table, and tell us. What the fuck's going on? Right. Well, I'm, I was abused when I was seven. I was this, I was this. Well, now we can deal with it. But if you push that part and keep it in the basement, it's just going to get bigger and stronger. And that's what Jung warned about. Jung was like... No, there's something... Actually, I want to say this too, actually, really quick, because I mean, I think this is important. There's people who have been... And Gabe, you can probably relate to this too, but there's people who have been sexually abused... Okay, who are just like, I just need to be a better spouse. I've been sexually abused, but I just need to give sex to my spouse. I just need to give sex to my spouse. I just need to, and they just keep saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And it's just like, no, listen, bring the fact that you've been abused to the table. Invite that demon up there to have a conversation with what's happened here. And befriend maybe that, it. Like, like literally befriend it. Yeah, because but, guess what? That's some, happened to you. Well, and something like, like that, like is a deeper... Like you might need counsel. You're gonna. Of need course, real, I think all right. this stuff needs counsel to I some agree. degree. But like, but bring it to the light, and that's where that's where the where where, where communion. You can't suppress it. That's the whole point you're making here. Is don't suppress it. Don't try to beat it. Communion because, was in the in the in the, in the New Testament. It's like it was a covenant meal, right? This is where I get the idea. Is Jesus is essentially saying now, believe it or not, I'm not. I'm just, it just helps me. Jesus says to everybody, you have a seat at the table. The only way you don't have a seat at the table is if you're self-righteous. It's the only way you can't come to this table. Mm-hmm. And like when you, when you have this bread and this wine, this covenant meal, you're accepted and you're loved. You're part of this bigger community and you're wonky and you're fucked up and you're twisted, but you're so loved. Mm-hmm. You're accepted and you're, you're cleansed and you're washed just as you are. That's a pretty powerful yeah, thing. That's a massive the statement. The only people, the yeah. only people that are excluded Right, are the are are the self righteous, the the ones who are scoffing, the ones who are judging, the ones who believe the ones, that they've arrived ultimately, and, and, and that those those yeah. are the warnings attached to. Oh, that's a dark place meal. to be, thinking that you've arrived. So for me, yeah, the whole idea was 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 I mixed Carl Jung and Jesus's concept of the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. and I was like, every time I had a feeling and I I'd have these really powerful emotions, and I'd be like, welcome, yeah. What do, what do you have to say? Yeah, I love yeah. you. I care about you. Um, what do you want? What do you have to say? And I need you part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, when you bring things out of the shadow, you're like, it's so freeing. Like, say we, we talk about lust. It's all. It's like, come, like sit. Like in, instead of like pushing and pushing down, like sit at the table. Now, what's great about this idea is like, at the table there are twenty other parts of you, who are like looking at lust and being like, yeah, chill. 
but we're going to listen to you too. But we're going, to, we're going to keep everything in order. And this is Jung's concept of integration or individuation, which is my book is based on this concept of like all the parts in harmony. And when all the parts are in harmony, the process of healing is so fast. Um, and you're able to do things back to Elon Musk on an expedited level. It's come so fast. But if you're stuck in shame, your concept, if you're stuck in that state, and you can't integrate these parts. And like Gabe said, you have these emotions. You don't, you have to like name them. You have to like, you have to deal with them and bring them to the table. Have a seat. Let's talk. And then. But this works for both victims and offenders, not just Russia, one or the other. I, I think like, it's. Because you, you are a victim to yourself in the midst of being an offensive human being. Yeah. Like, and, and if you're not being, if you, this works for both, it really does work for both. I mean, there's people out there that are like. I'm screwed because and I'm just a an offender. All, I go out and offend in a people. Sense, I'm a, I, would, I, I'm, even, I'm a, I would argue that we're a predator, all you know, we're whatever. All offenders on some level, like on some level, I I have done horrible things to people. We've people, all done horrible things horrible to people. Things to some so degree. I think it works for. Um, I mean, I just think for me, it's like um, even if it's just like some kind of just, you know, you're you're just humiliating somebody. You know, so it could be humiliating. I can, I can very much speak to exactly what you're referring to, Cody. Um, if you don't mind me, guy, just jumping in here. My, uh, ooh, how much of this can I say? Um, so I've shared on this podcast that I, through the abuse, had developed like multiple personality disorder, dissociative identity disorder, right? So with that, um, I have uh, people that I'm very close to have started working with people in different churches and then in general and saying, okay, who here has gone through abuse? We can help literally call it an integration process mm -hmm. and i've actually went through this process i've learned a lot of the tools from it and to take matt your the reason why i'm so surprised to hear it is because the what you explained it i had to do that practically you mm -hmm. did that in your head i had like through picturing people coming to the table i had to do it with the different personalities mm -hmm. um that i experienced yeah. um and it's the exact same process um mm -hmm. we i had for personalities that are incredibly, um, let's just say, incredibly sexual, and that could go either mm -hmm. way, yeah, um, pro or con, and have to come to the and literally invite them in and yeah. say, okay, what is the need? Every part, and it all goes based on this one assumption that I think you and I are both making. Every part of you is meeting a need. There is shame. We attach yeah, exactly. shame yep. to yep. different parts of us because we're a, we a feel like that doesn't that part of us shouldn't belong. It doesn't belong. It's not serving. It's not doing something good. But we, Matt, you and I have operated under an assumption, and all of the people I've personally worked with, as well as people I know that have worked in this world, operate under this belief that every single part of you is there to meet a need. It's exactly. just doing it. It sometimes it's just doing right. it in either. A, a fucked up way or mm -hmm. be a way that doesn't serve you or serve others in the moment. Right. And it's just a matter of addressing, okay, what's the need that's getting met that you're trying to meet? And can we meet that need in a yes. different way? Can that yeah, part exactly. of you meet it in a different right. way? Exactly. Yep. And if you have, if you have all these other parts integrated, right. So you, at, the, at that point, human. you Ooh. become, you become, Jung used the truck concept individuated, right? Mm. Uh, the Christian concept is the word sanctification, mm -hmm. right? 
depending on your community, there are different words that describe this kind of phenomena of like being whole. Um, the, there's a Hebrew concept, and I love the word is shalom, is like peace. And like in, in the Apostle Paul would often start out grace and peace to you. Mm. And this idea of peace being this integrated sense of not only internally a sense of like harmony, but, but, but this, this person who is a harmonious in the inside then has the ability to be harmonious on the outside. Mm. And that person has the ability to, back to Cody's concept of be gracious. Why? Because... Mm. I've dealt with shame. I've dealt with, I'm, I don't come from a self-righteous standpoint. That's why back, we won't go there, but why I think religious thinking is one of the most ty- tyrannical t- types of thought there is because it's so shame-based. Oh, right? it's what's divided and created and so, so many different yeah, and if you, tribes exactly. of people. And if you bring, if you bring all of your, um, if you make all of your monsters friends, you hug all of your monsters, they actually can bring a rate of healing and um, innovation in your life that you never thought possible. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 I believe that with everything in me. And I know that to be true because it's happened literally Mm. in my life where I've had those negative monstrous people come up and you're just, and and you literally embrace them and you Mm. say, you know what? I get just, I love you. Mm. And that's Mm. that. And and just, it's amazing. Their response, their demeanor, their everything is. is just like, somebody that like you know like no it's true somebody did something to me the other day and it was i was i was surprised at my reaction because i was like uh i can be a little reactive um so i was like they're acting out of pain what's their pain and as soon as i was able to think like that it was is really we we can talk about that from a neuroplastic standpoint i won't go there either but like in my brain because of this process i was able to like people's behavior toward me, I was like, they're reacting out of some kind of pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's unidentified pain. Maybe it's something they, but it changed my relationship with their behavior toward me. And I was able to like be, you could use the word gracious. You can use whatever word you want, but I was closer to reality than when I just react to their behavior. So their behavior response to me was X, Y, Z. I'd be like, respond to their behavior versus being like, back to what you're saying, Gabe, there's, there's a need underneath them. And a lot of people have these shadow selves that are, are unrecognized, but, but, but intensely operative. Mm-hmm. And so it just gives you, you can, you can be a more integrated, gracious person and a person of shalom and peace or whatever word you want to use when you interface with other people. And you can be like, um, they're operating from a sense of pain or hurt or, or something's, and it's like, it's a very freeing stance. And I'm not always like that. Don't get me wrong. Like I still can be reactive to people's reactions for me. You know, Stop that or don't do that or whatever. No. Um, but it was a different place to be like, this person's in pain and they're coming from a position of pain. Um, and I was able to do that because I was able to integrate all of my struggles and pain and be like, have a seat at the table. So you start seeing other people, people who haven't, you may be going through that process or cause it's a scary process to do. And like you said, Gabe, there's lots of complex psychological dynamics at play, the disassociative yeah. identity. There, there's a lot going on there. That's not just like, um, it's a lot going on and, and, and trauma can't work. Single it out to one. Yeah. Trauma thing. work and this yeah. kind of work. It really needs skilled practitioners or, 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 or some, I don't know. Um, no, but the more personal that grace that you bring to that individual, the more personal, and I seem mean like, you know, if you actually Im- 
pull that person aside. You pull that person aside where no one even knows that that's happening, that you're actually pulling that person mm-hmm. aside. You're giving the, the undivided attention and being like, just whatever it means to respect, honor, and love that human being, whether you guys have the absolute most, you know, opposing points in life. Yeah. You, you, you just, you pull them aside. There's no public, right. no one's seeing this happen. Okay. Right. This is you and that other individual. And you're just like, yeah, whatever absolutely. that is, whatever that is that you got to do to bring that goodness to that human being, yeah. that, that will absolutely revolutionize their life period. It, it changes, it changes everything. It's like, I, I remember I've had my, 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 my fight and wrestle with Christianity and Christ and of, you know, we have this weird relationship, but it's like, I remember taking a break from church, just being like, fucking stop. Like, yeah, just done. And then reemerging. And I remember, I'll never forget, like, th- was, I took a couple years break, and, like, the first service I went to was communion. And that's what really got me thinking about the table. Mm. And I was like, this is such a profound concept that, uh, there's probably in other religions too, but this idea of, like, um, this covenant meal where everybody's included except for the prideful, except for the self-righteous, except for the people who are judging. Like, come come to the table, um, and you're accepted and loved. Um, and I was like, well, if if God, like if you want to use that idea of Jesus Christ himself, befriending the prostitute, befriending the the leper, you know, the marginalized, the 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 outcast. Well, it's the father like it's the well, father like mentality. Why should I do that to myself? Yeah, right. What, what, like he's bringing, Jesus was bringing in the darkness into the light. He was touching the leper. People are like, what is he doing? He was going to the prostitutes, and he was going to these people who are stuck in their their sexual sin, and people who are stuck in their their religious sin, and 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 just being like, he was bringing people to the table, and yeah. I was like, he's bringing people to the table. And I'm not willing to bring my own stuff to the table. Like, that's silly. So that's when I started really thinking about, like, I need to start bringing my own well, stuff is, out of the dark. It's the father-like mentality. You think of the story of the prodigal son. Everybody thinks about that story. is about a, this guy who goes and just squanders his father's inheritance that he was given to him. Yeah. He goes out and just yeah. destroys everything. His father's like, I, here's your inheritance. He goes out and he just destroys it. Mm-hmm. And then he's got another son who goes out and he doesn't destroy the inheritance, but he just lives next to the father. He's just... You know, but like this idea of like, we need to be the father. We need the person. So when that son comes home, then that daughter comes home, the father is throwing off his sandals, running to that human being, embracing them and throwing them a party. And then still like loving both sides, loving the the guy who's sitting next to the father the whole time and just living next to the father and being that what you would call a righteous human being. But then you got the person who is just squandering everything. Mm. And the father's still embracing that human being too. Like it's right. just, it's this mentality of like, there Grace, is no yeah. being perfectly self-righteous. There is no being, you know, like, oh, coming back from being rebellious. There, There's just simply just, it sounds really hippie, but just like loving, <laughs> it does, you yeah. know, no, just it, truly just and loving. E- and even if, period. Yeah, and even if you're like, you're an atheist or an agnostic or no matter where you are on the spectrum or, or a different religion altogether, like, like, um, repression, suppression, and shame go sideways every time. They go sideways every time. So I don't care what faith standpoint you are or atheist or 
I mean, you could have secular psychologists come in and talk about shame and it's a it manifestation is devastating and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, um, we're at an all time high with our, with this in our culture though, hmm. all time high. I mean, yeah. like to the point where there's going to be a, an emotional recession in our own, in, in American culture. I can't speak for the whole world, but I'm just saying like for the United States of America, like there is an all time high in, in, in this division of the two. Like that's just messed up, man. Yeah. And it's going to come down to having to be a recession, an emotional, spiritual recession to, to actually like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to destroy. Well, it is, I think on some level. And I think you see it in the back to we kind of go full circle in our first podcast, right? Like suicide, like, yeah, I mean, literally we, metaphorically. You know, I kind everything. of talked about this kind of game over this game gamified mentality of like people like unplugging their games because it, when there's shame and unidentified parts and like your sense of like, I've, I've lost this game I've done, I'm over like, um, yeah. I mean, I think you see it, you know, in, in my experience, why I started writing is, you know, going to the hospital and seeing so many, so many teenagers in the psych ward who are like suicidal. And I was like, what? Like, how is this happening? So it's, yeah. Um, very disintegrated very disintegrated culture we live in, I think, on some level. You always see um, strong emotions on both sides. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not talking explicitly politically. I'm talking no matter what's happening here. In this idea that we invite all of us to the table, it goes for this as well. Um, and we have these strong reactions inviting those reactions to the table and saying, like, Matt, you just you just said, you sat, went to, um, you started writing because you were going to the hospitals and seeing these people and these girls. And, and it led to this, I imagine this confusion, probably mm -hmm. this anger, probably this, um, at, at least that, if not a lot more, you had an option to take that and say, okay, I'm going to let that spiral me and become bitter or take that and say, okay, I am going to invite that to this mm. table it's and true. then yeah. now that it's invited to the table i hear it out how can i help how can what can yeah. i do and you wrote the book um i think the book yep. is a beautiful practical application of this exact process mm. i can't wait for this book yeah the whole book is it literally is about accepting self and then moving forward from that really yeah. i mean um i think <clears throat> that is where we should end yeah, I agree. I love it. Yeah. The world